Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. He conquered, and then he spoke to Charlton Live. The Yang Kermigan show at the Valley isn't over just yet. Welcome to Charlton Live, live from the Valley on this Sunday evening. My name is uh, Louis Mendes. I'm your host. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are the uh, grand old man of Charlton, Terry Smith. How you doing? Evening, Louis. Evening, everyone. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Ish. All right. Ish. That's as, as good as we can hope for these days. And, Indeed. Uh, joining us is the first lady of Charlton Athletic, Sue Gallup. How you doing, Sue? I'm good, thanks, Louis. Yeah. Had a yes. good. Had a good evening. Uh, slept a lot today. Yeah, that's what I, I've needed to have done, but haven't done because uh, I was at a birthday party for a fellow Charlton fan last night up in Bedford and. Uh, Surrounded to, by drunks. Yeah, and then got woken by a hotel fire alarm at 4.30, which was lovely. And we say surrounded by drunks, I was very much in the middle of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a packed show uh, for you guys this evening here on Charlton Live. We're going to talk about yesterday's thrilling defeat to Reading. Yes, we found a way to make losing every week a bit different and more exciting. 
Uh, we'll hear from Jose Riga. We're going to hear from Yaya Sanogo. Then, of course, we're going to hear from Jan Kermigan. I was lucky enough to grab a, a very brief chat with him uh, in the tunnel yesterday. So it's only a short one, uh, but it's always nice to hear Jan Kermigan's voice. We've also got an exclusive interview uh, with Rick Everett from Cardhill. Let us know the latest goings on uh, on the the protest front. And, uh, well, if anyone saw the news yesterday of the, the 20 or so fans who, who travelled over to Belgium, uh, I've actually been contacted by one of them anonymously, which is exciting. Uh, so he's um, he's given me something to read out. I assume it's a he. I don't actually know who it is. He's never He or she has never actually told me their real name, so I don't know. Um, sounds, yes. sounds suspicious. Yeah, they give, they've given me a nickname to use for ah. them, so um, I'll, I'll read that out. Um, uh, what else have we got? Well, I was also joined in the studio yesterday by Adrian and Alison of the Target 20K group, uh, the group... Uh, designed to try and get 20,000 through the doors. I don't know that's, if they're going to count that over an entire season. Because, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or two. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, those guys wanted to tell me what their, what tw- Target 20K was all about, and uh, obviously I had some questions for them as well. Uh, so we'll hear that later on. Terry, you caught up with Dickie Davis yesterday? Yeah, so he's been down a few times. I just wanted to uh, grab a, a, an outsider's view of what they, thought, what they think was going on yeah. uh, in the Valley. So, uh, yeah, we caught him just we'll before. We'll hear from, from Dickie Davis as well, and uh, plenty more, of course. We want to hear from you guys. If you want to email the show, studio at chartonlive.co.uk. If you want to tweet us, it's at chartonlive. Or you can go on the chartonlive forum where there's a thread about tonight's uh, show. But, um, well, let's, let's talk about the game first, as, as we always do. Um, I came out, I've, well, one of the last things I remember shouting at the Valley yesterday was, oh, no, because, I mean, when that fourth goal went in, it really was a, you know, I, I've already said that I think we're down, long down already, but that was a real kick in the teeth, wasn't it? That was a kick in the gut. I mean, I think I, that, that affects me more, um, results like that, and the way it panned out than, than mm. getting tonked, actually. I've, I, it, there's a sense of resignation when you get absolutely thrashed, um, sort of halfway during a game or even after 20 minutes. But um, you know, when you, they say it's the hope that kills you. Isn't it? When you when you get back to three all and actually look like the side that's going to go and win it, if any, uh, and then you lose um, in that manner. But uh, I suppose if you look at the game, the way we defended generally, yeah. uh, it wasn't an over, it, it wasn't a big surprise, was it? Yeah, I think neither sides uh, defending covered themselves in glory because they. I mean, at times and especially in that second half, we, when we when we went forward, Reading would looked actually we were really worried by us, and yes, yeah, so that says probably. I think that's probably says more about their defending than our attacking. But it, it, it did make for a really open and exciting game. It did, but I mean, <laughs> and. When you think we're, we're sort of taking a couple of steps forward and 15 back every game, you know, we, we seem to solve one problem only to create two or three others. Um, you know, we've, we've so, seemed to now have solved the goal-scoring issue. We looked really threatening going forward. Uh, the formation was a bit of a surprise even last week when we, when we played the three at the back with the two, two wide wing backs. But we looked reasonably good playing in that formation as well. But when you, uh, when you continue to make the sort of mistakes we do, um, I mean... The, the first goal where, you know, um, I'm trying to think, it was John, I think, had all the time in the world to, to turn and cross the ball. And then Jan Kermigan on his own at the edge of the six-yard box. Okay. I mean, how, when, how can you leave a man of his quality on his own? Well, you know, of any quality, let alone Jan Kermigan, who, who, you, who we know how good he is, uh, especially in those situations, to, to allow him to, to do that for the first one. Then, you know, you've got the, the second one where, um, you allow, again, you just allow him all the time in the world to turn. Now, all right, all right, the finish was something else. It was a quality finish from a, from a good player. But, you know, when you allow a, a striker to turn on the edge of the penalty area, you invite that sort of shot, and uh, you shouldn't be allowed. I mean, good defenders will force players out. They won't allow them to turn so they can get a shot on. Uh, so there's another mistake. Uh, the third one, again, I mean, uh, <coughs> what um, 
Al Hajibar was doing, and he had a, he had a mad five minutes. He seemed to be yeah. doing okay for the first forty, and then went, went completely do lally for for ten. Um, <clears throat> it, well, it, you know, just three mistakes off one after the other. You know, it was bang, bang, bang. Three mistakes, and the third one resulted in a goal. He just lost the ball in midfield. Um, again, Yanko getting it all the yeah. time in the world to slip in. It was uh, a lovely, lovely way on that pass. Oh, as it's well. a great pass and a yeah. great finish. But you know, when when you're given all, when you're given the ball in the first place, and then given the time to do what you want with it. You know you're going to score, uh, or you know you'd have to be shot if you didn't. Um, so you know, and you know, bearing in mind in between times, Yarn Snogger with, with a quite you know quality finish. It was, it was um, a, he, he sort of got lucky in the build-up because the ricochet slightly went his way. But you make your own luck in those circumstances. Yeah. And the striker, he, he's got such an ungainly running style, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even after he got the, the sort of the nutmeg through the through the defender's legs, he's, 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 he runs like Bambi on ice. Yeah, um, I was going to say. You know, you're never filled with confidence <clears throat> when you see him running. But like three excellent finishes, I guess. Mm. Well, the first one I thought was was, was a storming finish. I mean, as I say, he got a bit lucky with the ricochet, but uh, then he took the man on and slammed the ball past. Uh, uh, past El Habsi, who had no chance with it. it. The power in the shot was what impressed me, uh, and the you know to keep it low and keep it beyond the keeper, absolute quality finish. But you know, three one down at half time, you're thinking, here we go again. You know, we look uh, we look fairly threatening going forward. I actually said on the commentary, uh, which um, you didn't record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, the Wi-Fi here is rubbish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going to we're, we're coming up with technical um, uh, solutions to that. But uh, for the Roger uh, Johnson of Wi-Fi, the I, actually, <laughs> I actually said on commentary, it looks like we're going to have to score seven to win this game. <laughs> uh, and that was at uh, that was at half time because we were going forward looking threatening, but we looked like we were going to concede a goal every time they went forward. And fortunately, in the second half, they didn't go forward that often. You know, I thought uh, Reading were very poor in that second half. Maybe they. Um they was reading off like how, how often we were going forward. They just thought, let's just look, we've got the three goals, let's just sit back. Yeah, now. maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, second goal was uh, it was a great finish. Um, I, I still think it might have been an own goal. Yeah, I mean, I need to. I've only sort of half seen it again, but it seemed it seemed like El Habsi got something on it, played it forward, then somehow played it backwards again. He got himself in a bit of a muddle. Didn't well, he? I thought the save then ricocheted back off Cooper. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I'd need to see it again. I haven't seen the highlights yet, but uh, it seemed to me that El Habsi made the save from the initial head, and then it cannoned back off Cooper. And over the line. Whether the first one was over the line, I don't know. And, and Yaya's claiming it, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to take it off him. <laughs> the, I'm not going to take the match ball off him. Uh, but the third goal again was a, was a, a great finish. And uh, the um, the second one, I think, was the one that um, Bergdic put in that thing, you know magnificent cross, uh, which um, is crying out to be headed in. So you know we started superbly in the second half, and actually, you know, and that's what's frustrating and annoying. You know, we, it, at times we played some really good football mm. yesterday and, and looked really threatening, but. You know, the fourth goal, you know, a free kick comes in and I've still to this, you know, I'm trying to replay it in my head. What sort of header was Johnson trying to attempt to get the ball out of play? It was like he was trying to pirouette at the same time as dive. It, it was just stunning. Uh, whether or not he just ran past the ball and realised he'd gone too far, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, I was trying to work it out in my head exactly what was going I mean, on. Uh, when I was at this party last night, people were asking questions of Henderson again. They thought that the ball... Was within the six-yard box when it came across. So it perhaps was. he could have, he could have come out. It's a, it, one of those free kicks is different. If it had been in the air, I'd hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. But it was it was skidding and it was quite low level by the time it got into the six-yard box. As I remember, I could be wrong uh, because again I haven't seen the highlights. But uh, I sort of agree with you. But that free kick was sort of swung and it was swinging away. Had it been high up in the air or at least um, punching high, I'd agree with you. But you know your defender shouldn't allow it across there. Um, you know, we had four defenders back there, and not one of them got anywhere near it, and, and left again two men on the fast, fast stick all alone. Yes. Oh, sorry. The Carling Cup final is going to penalties, and um, Man City have just missed one. Apologies <laughs> if you're recording it. Sorry. Sa- 
So, so people oh, in no, the no, people no. even in the studio aren't even paying attention to the show. <laughs> no, this I am evening. listening. <laughs> I am listening. <laughs> um, so, the, the, you know, and and people say, and they're absolutely right. When you concede four goals like that, you don't deserve to win football matches. No, and you, you you can't argue with that, can you? You know, when no. you when you leave strikers uh, and midfield players or whoever all alone in and around a six yard box or a penalty area for them to have a free shot and goal, you don't deserve to win football match. Yeah. Saw something that I can't remember ever seeing at the Valley before. Uh, an away striker scoring a goal and being straight applauded. away <laughs> applauded. Stand, stand innovation by some by some people. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jan, a, a returning hero. So you mentioned just or just off before before we started that Jan. It wasn't just the fact it was Jan. It was the fact that what he symbolises, and especially yeah. in comparison to what's going on here uh, at the moment. Yeah, no, I think I. I mean. Everyone knows how we feel about Jan and how loved he is um, for the contribution that he made to our to our team. But I think the fact that is that that he that he to me symbolises the start of things going wrong, and um, I think that's partly why um, the fans reacted they the way they did because I don't think they was as um, sort of positive about when he came back with Bournemouth. No, um, he got. I mean, he got an ovation. He still the got. First couple yeah, of times. but people to, stay behind. But uh, but to be clapped for both goals, and then for people to stay behind at the end of the game to clap him off, um, it, I think it just is. It is that um, what what he actually means in terms of a symbol. The situation we're in. Playing devil's advocate a bit here, um, because uh, we we have got an email that's that's come in and and we'll talk about it later, but someone asked them, do you think we were wise to clap, Jan, when uh, when perhaps we were only one goal behind at the time? Yeah, I I don't think it made any effect at all, actually. Uh, I thought the the fans generally, especially when we got back to uh, one all and then back to 3-2, I thought the fans were amazing Mm. uh, and and spectacular. I I think there was definitely a a different atmosphere yesterday in terms of the... um, Oh no! <laughs> um, in terms of the uh, the way the crowd responded, there were some of the protest stuff, but not as heavily as it has been in other home games that I can remember. And I think they were singing a lot more and getting a lot behind the team mm. a lot more than they had yeah. previously. I and found- whether that was because it was quite uh, in my uh, eyes, it was quite. a it was probably one of the most positive performances I've seen from us for a long time. Yeah, and an exciting and game as well. Yeah, yeah. I think my my personal reaction when um when when Yan's score was was one of anger actually, not at Yan, but it's just that this, the the fact the that we're situation. now in, we're in a situation here where I have to sit and watch Yan score against us, and and uh, I mean he did that he did the non celebration thing, and we're here in, in the interview with Yan. I sort of from a personal point of view, thanked him for, for that because it meant a lot to me. It shows his class. Yeah, it shows it, his really? class. But yeah, it did, I just felt felt angry that we had to be in this horrible situation where, where Jan Kermigan's in the position where he has to score against us and there was, it was uh, so needless. There was a sense of inevitability about it, there, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, it was always going to happen, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Yaya Sanogo, when, um, when he got his first goal, it was one of the most retweeted tweets ever from the Charlton account for a goal because um, uh, it, a lot of fans found it of other clubs found it quite funny. Well, there's one particular Arsenal fan's not finding it too funny. The um, Claudio, who's uh, who's their um, supposedly they call their um, what do they call it the uh, ultimate fan. He's yeah. on Arsenal TV and all sorts. When um, apparently when he scored the second one, he tweeted out that if uh, you know he doesn't rate Yai Snogo, obviously mm. he tweets out if Snogo scores uh, a hat trick, I will run naked down Regent Street. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, his only reply was. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, he was what? Sorry. Uh, yeah, he just did. Yeah. Well, he wasn't, hap- he wasn't happy about the fact that he's going to have to run naked down Regent Street. Uh, well, there you go. That's one way to uh, yeah to, to get about. Um, uh, the the reaction of Jose after the game, he seemed uh, he seemed a, bit, a lot more frustrated to me than, than he has oh, been. Wouldn't you be? Yeah. I mean, when you so you, you when you score three goals at home and still lose. It's t- that's hard to take. Mm. I think I'd I know. I, I, sorry, <coughs> so no, I just genuinely, when he came in here afterwards, I was really a little stuck for what to ask. Mm. Uh, not least because um, um, he had to go. They were they were going somewhere. Everybody. So he, and mm. he'd been kept in in the main press conference for a long time. Mm. So I didn't I didn't get as much with him time with him as I'd, I'd perhaps normally want. Yeah. But I was really struggling how how to open the interview because mm. uh, I, you know. He's, I would imagine, of course, he is as gutted as, as, as we are to, to lose in that manner. Yeah, mm. I asked him uh, on, my, on my interview for the B. I asked him a slightly loaded question, um, and I asked him uh, about Jan's performance. I said, you, "You see the performance from a player like Jan? Is he the, the could a player of his quality be the difference between two championship teams?" And, and Josie obviously said, "Yeah, of course it is," which is obviously. Raises the question: <laughs> Why do we sell him then? Uh, well, <laughs> it, I, know, I know it's two years ago, but you still you still find yourself asking that question. You get, you get the feeling, yeah, you just get the feeling, and, and it may be conspiracy theories, but you just get the feeling he wasn't he wasn't got rid of for footballing reasons. Yeah, you just I mean the same with Chris Powell. Um, you, you just have this nagging doubt that it's anything to do with football. Yeah, right. Seb Lewis said it could have finished ten all yesterday. Which is <laughs> Possibly, probably, like I say again, says more about the defences. Amy says. Uh, this anonymous interview is it me interviewing myself again? Now this is <laughs> <laughs> this is someone that someone has actually um, DM'd me uh, with their report from the, the trip to Belgium last night, which we'll talk about shortly. Joe Dagger says Jan's goals yesterday were are a bigger kick in the teeth for Roland and Katrine than us shouting at a window because it reinforces our point, and that is why so many fans applauded him. Some fans seem to have missed that point and have criticised the applause. And uh, Peter Pierce says, uh, Yaya Sonego, he- he'll save us. You've heard it here first. <laughs> uh, I'm loving your optimism, Pete. I'm not sure I'm, sa- I'm uh, sharing in it, though. Right, um, as we said, Jose came in to speak to, uh, to Terry after yesterday's game. Let's hear what Jose uh, made of yesterday's 4-3 uh, defeat to Reading. Joined by Jose Riga after um, a breathless afternoon at the Valley. and must be difficult to, uh, to try and understand uh, a-, a performance where we look quite strong going forward, but still conceded four and, and ended up losing the game yeah of course um, the reason why we we, we today uh, we we have to face with a new defeat is, is this one I mean we were effective uh, <laughs> offensively we did what we have to do but defensively it was certainly not enough uh, with the first half we concede too easy this kind of goal and of course the, the end of the game um, it's just a repetition of what, what happened in the previous games. So, of course, it's difficult. It's difficult for all of us. I think it's difficult for the fans, difficult for the staff, it's difficult for the players. But, again, we have to be realistic and to be able to take what we have to take from this game. And the, the way the player wanted to take something from this game, even with not the best start, <laughs> because... Uh, we have to 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 run after the, the the result all the time. They did well. After um, we have to work again and again because I believe in work. I believe in the quality of the player. I saw a team who never never give up, and so just keep going, trying. And then, of course, in our situation, we are more fragile than that some other sides just because we are at the bottom of the table. So. 
we 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 have the keys i think to change the situation uh even if i speak about the luck we are still at this moment more unlucky than lucky but i know that um the luck will be on our side if we are looking for and and again it's about us the uh, <coughs> the half time uh, interval came just as uh, as we conceded the third uh that must change your team talk and, and, and what you're thinking of how to change things around. And, and you did, obviously, uh, at half-time. Um, but at the end of the game, you know, when it, we got back into it and actually looked to be the side that's going to go on and win it, to then concede right at the death in, in a similar situation where you know, somebody's left unmarked, etc. Um, how, how, how do you manage to change that around? Because I know, I know you, defensively you have to shuffle around, you had to do it again today. Yeah. Um, but it must be really tough. Yeah, since maybe the first day uh, I've been here, it's tough. Just because, you remember, I, I will never allow to put two times the same side on the pitch. So, when we speak about what we didn't do the first half, be consistent defensively, it's also because, again, new players, new 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 side, uh, uh, a lot of change. When you see that Jacko, Chris, Jordan, uh, I mean, a lot of players were missing. Um, but okay, it's about football, so I don't want to find any excuse. It's just more difficult than usual to manage all this. But I know that everything is ten times more difficult in all the aspects of, of the club, actually. But again, that the first time that I speak about luck, or that I speak about the changes I have to, f- to, 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 to make all the time, just because I still believe that... Uh, we we have what we have to have to 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 do what we have to do. When you see the reality of the game, most of the time um, we are most of the time the best team. But at the end of the day, I repeat, it's about to be to be effective, and we are not. So we have to work on it each day. We will do. We have to find the solution. We have to find the solution. It's not by complaining or finding excuses. No, we have to find ourselves the solution. And, and even it's very hard today, the way the game uh, and Okay, we, we, we have the solution in our hands and we have to use it. Well, thank you for joining us, gentlemen. <coughs> uh, normally, we'd, we'd, you'd be in here discussing uh, three goals from from a striker, well, two and a, maybe the third. We're not sure entirely if it was an own goal or not. But uh, you know, it's sad that we should be. We'd like to be celebrating that performance. And, and Giannis Nogo had a, had a great time here at the Valley in his first full game, and instead, regrettably, we didn't quite manage it. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Thank you. I know you've got. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joseph. Thank Cheers. you. Think about a shot. No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area, and there's number four. Adamola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here. Live from the Valley this Sunday evening. That was Jose Riga there talking to Terry after yesterday's 4-3 defeat here at the Valley against uh, Reading London. In it, Giza says, Riga plays useless Roger Johnson. What does he expect? Leaves Lookman on the bench 
brings on Reza instead. Pathetic. Yeah, I didn't get that last sub. I got to be honest. Um, yeah. I, 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 I can't even give an explanation for it. If I, if I wanted, I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, the Johnson thing. I mean, I actually thought we had a good game against um, um, Preston. Preston. But um, yesterday, um, all three of them, and I don't know whether it's because of the enforced changes. We had uh, Rod Fanny to the right side of that um, three, and I think uh, there was some misunderstandings, especially in the first half with those three. And I don't know if that contributes to uh, not really knowing what's going on, yeah. because um, I mean, um, I'm trying to do this. Rodders uh, left uh, left his man uh, with a lot of room down that Charlton right hand side. That's the da- that's the danger with changing formation and changing personnel this late on in the season when you're, you're struggling so sometimes these formations take a while to, to bed in really don't they and it hasn't hasn't just yet I just think he didn't look like um, he, he knew what to do as a right-sided defender um, because and maybe that's because he's I don't know what league he's come from actually but um, you know in this league you've got to close men down you can't give them the sort of time and space that he allowed um, I'm trying to think who was on that side was it not a beat it was um well, Abita as well, but Ola John, I think, was the one who was causing yeah. the most problems. And he's the one that got the cross in for Jan's goal, as far as I remember. He just left, let him, um, left him a lot of space between him and the ball, and I, I just think that maybe that's what he's used to doing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Chris says, can't see Jose Riga being there for next season. What do you guys think? I, I mentioned, I've, I've mentioned for weeks, even before it became obvious that we're going down, that I, that I, I still don't think, I thought even if he stays up, I don't think he'll be here next season, because I just don't think that's the way that we operate. Yeah, I was going to say, how could you possibly know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us can put a hand on art and say anything, anything with, with any certainty, one yeah. way or the other. Yeah, but I mean, if if and when we go down, it seems to me very likely that he won't be here. In, in my just in my opinion, you never know. But it, I, I, I'll be very shocked if he, if he if he is here. Uh, right, we've got plenty of emails to get through. We've also got a very busy show. We've still got to hear from Yaya Sonego, from Jan Kermigan, from uh, Rick Everett, from the Target Twenty K group, from Dickie Davis, and from. Uh, one of the guys who went out to Belgium. Uh, so we've got plenty to get through. So let's, let's, uh, let's get on to the emails first, Hill. Yeah, we've got uh, Freddie Wells emails in. Thanks, uh, Freddie. Hi, guys. Just got back uh, back from the Valley, so I thought I'd get all my thoughts out now before I forget. Absolutely gutted. The closest I've ever come to crying at a football match. The players and fans gave everything, yet it still wasn't enough. The first half was played like it was Yank against testimonial. <laughs> Everybody stood off him and let him run the show. We seemed to dominate possession and created a lot of chances, but yet again we failed to turn our dominance into goals and Yan punished us. However, the second half was excellent. All the players showing the fight needed to stay in this division. I thought Jung Suk Jung and Motta on each wing were fantastic, with Jung seeming to run forever. I'm glad he started over Fox. He gave him a well-earned break from the spotlight. Gummundsen was constantly causing problems in the centre behind Mack and Sonogo, who formed a terrific partnership. Mack winning everything in the air and Sonogo feeding off him. Jose Riga has a knack of getting poor strikers to play well, and Sonogo brought back memories of a certain Mr. Sordell at Hillsborough two years ago. Seemed a draw would have been a fair result, but I guess nothing is, far at Ch- is fair at Charlton these days. I'd like to add that the fans were excellent today. It was nice to see the protests and anti-Roman chants put to one side for 90 minutes, and all fans were united in getting behind the team. I don't think the players deserve booze at the end as they all worked their socks off. There was a minor incident in the East End where two fans got into a heated argument after one of them refused to celebrate our eagleiser at one all. Read into that what you will. Mm. All in all, although I came away from the game broken hearted, I'm glad I saw a spirited performance at the Valley that reminded me of the Charlton I fell in love with. That's uh, from Freddie Wells. Thank you, Freddie. There was, uh, there was one bit that made me laugh, actually, I forgot to mention on the pitch yesterday. I, feel, I can't remember if it was after <coughs> Yaya's second goal or Yaya's third goal where um, he was taking forever celebrating over in the low, towards the lower west. Uh, and Alu Diara was waiting in the centre circle, calling him back. <laughs> you remember seeing that? I do, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't quite pick up on it at the time yeah. that, it, that it was needed. Rush. He was certainly enjoying himself in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> he has I, all his family. 
I thought it was just in front of me. I and thought it was funny. They were like videoing the crowd. <laughs> After funny. the first goal, he would come running towards the bench. And I think for all in the world, he wanted to jump on Jose Riga. Uh, he went into the Jose, dugout. Well, Jose Riga and, uh, and I'm trying to think it was beside him, but they were too busy talking to the fourth official. So he couldn't jump on either of them. So he ended up having to go to the dugout to pick somebody out. It was quite funny, I thought. Uh, we've got Chris Davin has emailed us in as well. Thanks, Chris. So it's six years since Yan exited the scene after a five-star performance. Yan, the man about whom our uh, esteemed owner stated was not good enough for us. Four minutes, goal, 1-0, and the great man bows his head at uh, the North Upper celebrate virtually to a man. After a surprisingly good finish from Sonogo, Yan scores again with a sublime finish. Yet again, the great man gangs his head. Uh, thus was followed by an exquisite through ball for the Frenchman for Reading's third. Sonogo hits two more to complete this hat-trick, leaves injured, and the grandstand finish disaster as Reading hit the winner. Football for a fiver ends, and for the 15,000 freeloading neutrals are a fine day out. Well, not quite freeloading, if they're yeah, a fiver. Cheap <laughs> uh, for all us customers, another nightmare defensively. All three centre-backs were hopeless, but there is hopeless, and hopeless Roger Johnson is hopeless in the extreme. A woeful performance spent with his arms held out, moaning at everybody else, ended with a typical Johnson error to gift the winner to Jan's boys. Riga claims it's all uh, bad luck again, broken record. Truth being, he's as useless as Fry with a worse record. We had to win, we didn't, simple as that. Maybe a draw may have been a fair result, maybe not. It was two very poor defensive defences, seeing who could concede more. We are no good and doomed on a side uh, issue to cement Riga's uselessness. We need a winner, yet leaves Lookman aside, uh, as an unused sub, even bringing on Reza instead. He's having a laugh. I'm not even angry today, as I'm used to losing, and all honesty, we didn't play that badly. But who cares, we lost again, as we seem to do every week. Yeah, that's that's so at least we found a new way of doing it. Yeah, we, do, yeah. Um, we do it excitingly now. Yeah, the, the, the point gap remains at seven now, after, as that it was, was after the, I mean, the, we, the Preston game. We got out of jail a bit with a couple of those results towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I think Milton Kings were winning at one yeah, exactly, point. Exactly, and they? so were, um, uh, who was playing Burnley? I think it was uh, Bolton, Wonders, Bolton, yeah. Bolton were winning as well. So, so funny enough, at, at this party I was at last night, it was there was a fair few Bolton fans as well, weirdly, and they, they were they said they're already looking forward to playing us in League One next season, which is, <laughs> which is nice. Of them. Thanks for that. Yeah, uh, Daniel Farmer's emailed us. Thanks, Daniel. The defending yesterday was shocking, as usual. Roger Johnson, an absolute donkey, when he went to head it back to Hendo and hit it out for a corner. Just uh, I just had to laugh because I can't believe we gave him an eighteen-month contract. <laughs> I just want to say goodbye to the championship because the running of fixtures uh, after MK Dons, we have no chance. So no go. Well done yesterday. Put more into one game than most of the team all season. Good show, guys. League One, here we come. That's from uh, Daniel Farmer. Uh, Paul Stevens, evening guys, really don't understand the clapping of Yan after his goals. Uh, yes, he was a good player for us, and Ardy should never have gotten rid of him, but he now plays for somebody else. Get over it, please. If you want to do something, start booing or showing your anger at uh, the director's box. Should we start clapping all our ex-players who score against us? Crazy. That's according to Paul. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's sort of what we mentioned, you know, but as, as Sue said, you think, that, you think that's probably part of the protest? If, if, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd know, if, say so. If, 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 <coughs> trying to think, if someone like... A former player who wasn't around, who wasn't sold by Roland. So, I don't know, so say Darren Bent come back and scored now. I don't think he'd get a wide round, round of applause and stand. No, he'd get the usual like yeah. pre-match when his name yeah, gets yeah. announced, yeah. and maybe at the end of the game. I th- and I think as well, it's probably uh, peop- most fans have read the article that that the interview that Jan did with one of the Reading. Yeah, uh, I don't get, know if it was a blogger or whatever yeah. it was, and um, and. It's the first time we've really heard from him about the situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that happened, and so I think I think perhaps that's got something to do with it as well. I think you're right, sir. 
Yeah, we have. We've got, uh, got at least two, possibly even three. But uh, Louise has emailed us in. Thanks, Louise. Nice to see us play football and score. We haven't played like that since the whole game last year. Players do not deserve to be booed off for the pitch at half-time. Great to see Jan back at the Valley. Thanks, Louise. Nicholas LB. Thanks, Nicola. Hi, guys. Went to the Valley yesterday, and at least we saw a decent game of football for once. But same result as usual. So frustrating to see a player like Jan who was told by the club he wasn't good enough and sold for little money. He looked like a Premier League uh, player yesterday. That's why me and most of the stadium stood up and clapped him. That's what you get when you have uh, when you've got idiots running a football club who know nothing about football. One bright spot was the Iosanoga, but defensively we were abysmal. Still, let's see what lies ahead of us next Saturday. Nicola from Ainsford, thanks, Nicola. Brentford um, away. Yes, um, they lost to Rotherham this week, so. Well, let's grasp at those straws. <laughs> uh, just by the way, everybody, we've got uh, plenty of emails that aren't football, aren't match related, and we'll get to them later yeah. on. Um, to, to, uh, Mark Newbury, thanks, Mark. Evening, folks. As one of the people who stood to applaud Yan after his first goal, I did it for a few reasons. Firstly, as two fingers up at the regime, as you said, so it must have been a bit galling for a certain summer to see a player not rated good enough play a fantastic first half and score twice. And also, he obviously has a love for us as he didn't run hold, holding his ears and milking it. Class, pure class. We did become architects of our own downfall, with Barr and Johnson being the main culprits. Barr couldn't trap a wet bag of sand, and Johnson spends all his time shouting at everyone else. And why he flew past the cross ball at the end is a mistake a pub team defender wouldn't do. But when you watch it, why Big Mac wasn't on the edge of the area beggars belief. Worst case scenario, we go down and we'll go back up. Do you know, I'll be, I was discussing that with uh, my son um, yesterday. You just want him up there. And I'd quite, I would be reasonably happy for Milt to come up as we go down. It means we, we don't have to play him again. Yeah. Means I don't have to go there and have to get another <coughs> defeat at the end, which I think would tip me over the edge. It's just never. A, it's never a good day going to Mill. <laughs> although, although I'm going to be slightly controversial now, and I still believe we're going to get out of it. I, I've not given up hope. I've got to be honest, uh, especially yeah. after that performance. I, mean, I don't think you can ever give up no, until no. they say that's it. I know she oh, might. I, I, I could tell you right now, see that that's it. <laughs> she might be. She might be clearing her throat, but uh, a, cer- a certain lady of a certain size has not burst into song just yet. <laughs> no, I think she she knows all the lines though, and she's oh, uh, absolutely. Well, no, we, no, well, we know the lines. We've been here before. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, I have to say, I wholeheartedly disagree with the pair of you, and we are certainly relegated. <laughs> that's because you're a miserable bleeder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, Doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any more? So we, we head. Uh, no, you finish. Yacht? You finish uh, drinking yeah. that glass half full. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, if we're, if we're doing a glass half full, let's talk about to the hat-trick hero, Yaya Sonego, uh, came in to speak to the media after yesterday's game. Yaya, Hope. must be tough to take to uh, score two, have a good hand in the third one, yeah. but not win the game. Yeah, that is a big problem because uh, I fight, uh, we fight in uh, all in today, so we can't win but uh, every week uh, we work for win and for stay at the league I hope you must be happy at least with, with your performance I'm happy yeah but no because uh, we don't win how have you settled that job are you enjoying your time here despite the position in the, in the league I'm enjoying because I know uh, there's a lot of friends and uh, my first ambition is to, uh, to help uh, Charlton at the stadium. Well, certainly the fans will look today and see your contribution and possibly expect uh, a lot more from the rest of the season. Well, at training, when I'm fit, I'll help uh, Charlton at stay at the league. Well, at least congratulations on the 
performance. Thank you. Your time in England maybe has not always gone as well as you would hope, but this must give you confidence to sort of restart, to relaunch your career. I'm well because uh, I came at the Arsenal at very young. Mm. I came at uh, 20 years old after the World Cup. So I take uh, experience with a big player at Arsenal. So I played some games with Arsenal. I score goals, but uh, I want to to development. Uh, with Arsenal and uh, and many games for take experience. How, how much longer do you have on your contract at Arsenal? Have you got more than more than this year? How how long to run? Yeah, after uh, this is after loan uh, at Charlton, I come back at Arsenal. Okay, so you, you you're how long are you contracted to Arsenal for? Next year. Till the end of next yeah. year. It's been a long time since you last scored a senior goal. How much does that help your confidence doing what you did today? So it's the first time I didn't play a lot of games because I have a lot of injured. injured. So it's for that I didn't score and <laughs> I didn't play. Because you went to Ajax. What what was was the in, did you have the injury when you were in Holland? Yeah, but I. I don't want to speak uh, with uh, at Ajax now. No. So, not about Ajax. Okay. Does that mean the English football suits you better? Do you think you enjoy English football more? The, the English uh, league is the uh, best on the world. So, if you can do it here? Yeah, I'm enjoying right Premier now. League or Championship, you can do it Yeah, there. the fans is uh, unbelievable. Atmosphere is. Unbelievable. All it is good. Uh, have you got the match ball? Because uh, um, if it counts as a hat trick, have you got the, the ball? Uh, no, uh, next week I take the ball. Okay, not this week. <laughs> yeah. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Charlton Live. Yeah, yeah, so now you go there. He's uh, not that chatty. No, he's not, is he? No. <laughs> um, he doesn't. Oh. So, so he, he did, to be fair, he, when he came out, he did yeah. say, as did the, the, um, the media guys, that uh, English. his English isn't yeah. great, so please uh, go slow and don't expect uh, a huge amount. He celebrated longer than he actually spoke for. <laughs> interesting. I think I would have done as well. Yeah. Uh, Peter Pierce says, totally unfair for people to moan that Jan was applauded. We love that guy. Uh, and then he continues, not sure we're doomed yet. If Sonego stays fit, at least we've got a goal scorer at last, if not a defence. Uh, so well, that that would be the the big point. Obviously, he did come off injured yesterday, and I'm not. I didn't one hear any, one saving off. grace, and I know I'm 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 clutching at the same straws I spoke about earlier on. Uh, the, but the saving grace we've got is Bauer's got to come back in, and and I think Bauer and Lennon and uh, uh, I dropped Johnson, uh, but Bauer, Lennon, and Teixeira as a back three with that same shape, I mm-hmm. think could be much better. I think um, we need a better right-sided uh, defensive um, centre-half or, or right-back, plus another uh, better centre-half. And I, I, I like Lennon. To be fair, I thought Johnson had a good game press, and it may be um, that, as we said before, the, uh, the fact that um, the three of them didn't really know what each other were doing at times 
might have contributed. I, you know, who knows? But everyone in the stands didn't seem to well, know what they were doing yeah, either as well. In fairness. And then you get um, if DRS uh, continues and, and stays fit because he looked like he was um, blowing out of several um, orifices yesterday uh, after about half an hour, let alone um, ninety minutes. But a fit, a fit, uh, and playing Diara um, is crucial to us. And then if we can get um, uh, uh, Vettikalu back, although Sonogo and um, Mackinac was a, looked a great partnership yesterday. So that's, I mean, if you take the defensive mistakes out of that equation yesterday, um, we could have ended up uh, exactly how we beat Rotherham. Mm. It, it was that sort of same performance. But the, I guess the problem I will say is if you look at the defensive performances of the two teams. Reading and Rotherham that we have scored a few goals past. I mean, Reading in particular, there was a lot of questions of their defence that, that you'd have to ask because they looked shocking at the back. At That's time. true, but the difference between the two is that we made mistakes under no pressure whatsoever. They made mistakes because we put them under pressure, and that was the same with Rotherham. We didn't let their defence play. We didn't. We we let, you know we hounded them from start to finish, and that's exactly what we did yesterday. The difference between us and other teams is we seem to be allowed. To, we allow uh, ourselves to make mistakes under no pressure, uh, and concede goals for fun. So we can, if if there is any possibility, we can eradicate that over the next two or three weeks. Then, well, who knows? But the trouble is, that should have happened against the the, the, the four pre, in the four previous games, when, um, which were eminently more winnable than the next lot. Yeah. Uh, Marion says that she agrees with me sadly I believe we're down despite it not being official yet and Peter Pearson says I'm well impressed with that busted track you play for the goal celebration it's not busted it's some some 41 or um, fallout boy depending on which one you, you're talking about Pete right um, <coughs> no you, idea uh, yeah you, <laughs> too old um, yeah. right uh, uh, during the week um I got in contact with uh, a, a guy I used to know uh, a guy called Pascal um, oh I still know him of course through, through Twitter and that he I, I first met him uh in a pub in Leicester, which is uh, well, it's a great place to meet people. I first met him on the boat. Was that, was that the first yeah, time you met him? Yeah, the first time I met him was on the boat. And um, so, we, um, so I was at Leicester away on a Tuesday night under, in the Chris Powell reign, our first season back in League One, uh, in, in the Championship, sorry. And uh, we were sat in the pub. And this is not, this is not long after we'd been, we'd been at uh, Blackburn away and I made up the Dale Stevens song, He Scores Goals from 35 Yards. Um, and uh, so I'm sat in this pub, and out of nowhere, this big, bald French man <laughs> comes up to me and says, "Oh, did you think Dale would score from 35 yards today?" And I was like, "What?" It's he, he, he great out, accent, by the way. Yeah, he turned out he'd seen that he'd seen that video of me singing that at Blackburn uh, on on YouTube and recognised me off Twitter. And he came into the pub and introduced himself, and we got chatting and sort of saying, "What's well, so why are you here?" They said, oh, I'm, "I'm a friend of he's he's a friend of Yan's, and he'd come all the way over from uh, from France to, to watch Yan play." Uh, and so ever since that day, we've be- we've become uh, quite good friends, me and Pascal. And the, um, I was really lucky at the end of that season. And he's listening. He's just what you're doing. He's listening. Is he? Yeah. Hi, Pascal. Hi, Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, ever since. So I was really lucky at the end of that season. Pascal was uh, a sponsor for Jan, and uh, he um, he uh, he couldn't come over to the sponsors' dinner, so he gave me and Stedman uh, tickets. So we got you to, freeloader. We got well, we got to have dinner with Jan. It's one of you the. Get, one... It got a child price for. Netflix, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got to have dinner with Jan, and that was a really brilliant night. And um, uh, since then, obviously, me and Pascal have kept in touch, and he's come over for a few games. The last time I saw him was when Jan uh, came back to the Valley with Bournemouth, and. Uh, knowing that that Jan was playing here on Saturday, and and now I'm a couple of years down the line. Now I'm lucky enough to have tunnel access when I when I have to do my work in there. I, I went through Pascal to try and contact Jan to see if he'd be happy enough to do uh, a brief chat with Charlton Live, and obviously because of um, 
his uh, performance yesterday, Jan was very much in demand. So he was speaking. <laughs> he went out and spoke to the Reading media team. Then I think he went live on Radio Berkshire, which luckily I wasn't touching at that time. I accidentally took Radio Berkshire off the air yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be allowed anywhere yeah. near Berkshire, uh, not just because your accent either. <laughs> uh, and so, and then Jan did the TV. But eventually, he was able. He was able to come to speak to me, and it really was an honour uh, to catch up with Jan Kermigan. So this is what Jan had to say uh, yesterday to me. Um, it, it's, it's not the most controversial interview. He's, 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 he said his piece, I think, on, on Roland, but he certainly has a lot of love still for Charlton. So let's hear what Jan had to say after his performance here at the Valley. Delighted to be joined in the, the tunnel at the Valley by Jan Kermigan. Jan, how does it feel uh, to return to the Valley, I guess? It's always a special moment for me, and uh, today was one more time very emotional. Uh, I'm so pleased, of course, uh, to, to have scored my, my goal and, uh, and uh, we win the game. But of course, it's a difficult time for for Charlton, which is which is sad. Yeah, I mean, for you, from a personal point of view, you scored um, two excellent goals, and, and you didn't celebrate, which which we as Charlton fans really appreciate. Yeah, but as I said before, uh, the fans and uh, and the people I know in the club uh, know how I love this club, and uh, and for me, it's just uh, like a proof of respect for them, and uh, they get. Give me back uh, lots of you know uh, support, which is amazing. So it's normal for me to not celebrate. Did it bring back a lot of good memories coming back to the valley for you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, great memories. Last season, uh, of course, you remember we we won the title with Bournemouth uh, here at the last game of season, which was uh, crazy. And uh, and of course, today was a, a good game. I guess um, a lot of Charlton fans have already been very candid this week talking about uh, what, what you, you, you see going on at the club now. But when, when Roland first, first joined the club, you, you didn't leave much, much long after that. How, was it a difficult time for you to leave? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've talked about this situation before and uh, everybody knows my position, so I will not add uh, any comments for, for that. But we, we all know uh, I would have loved this time to, to finish my career at Charlton. But it didn't happen, so now I've moved on, and uh, but I will never forget my uh, my time here. And you feel slightly upset seeing the situation that the club are in now, perhaps? Yeah, of course. I'm I'm sad because uh, it's a club we should not be where he is at the moment. Well, yeah, thanks so much for for coming to speak to us, and congratulations, I guess, on the three points today. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaylay, and there's a goal. Joe have the lead again. Super work, firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaylay, who buried his chance, and Charlton are two one up. Yeah, we had uh, the, the absolute legend that Ian Kermigan uh, came to uh, speak to me in the tunnel yesterday. I'm really uh, appreciative of that, and well, it just uh, brings back great memories, doesn't it? When you when you hear when you hear from Ian, it does. It, but as as people said before, it, it also just just depressing sadness, you know, because um, uh, he was um, he's, he epitomised uh, the club and and. In the same way, Kerbisley brought a, a group of players together that uh, wanted to play for each other, wanted to play for themselves, wanted to play for the club, and wanted to prove a point, and he got the best out of them in doing that. Uh, Chris Powell did the same thing. 
so the group of players we had uh, under Chris Bell all had that mentality and they all um, got on as a group I mean I think one of the first things Chris Bell did was got, get rid of all the individual tables and made everybody sit together mm. um, and that's uh, that was summed it up I, I, I wouldn't mind betting that it's, in, it's that situation reversed now uh, because you don't get that same together so uh, Jan uh, and, and Chris Bell and, and probably quite a few players of, of that time just epitomises what we what we had Mm. At the time, uh, which we don't seem to have now. As, as, as Sue said earlier, it's a perfect symbol of what we had and now what we've lost. The yeah, fact yeah. that the, the fact that he was one of the main catalysts in our defeat. Yes, I mean that that first half just absolutely purring watching him play. I mean, I know it's against us, but you just remember how how good a footballer he was. And I remember uh, when, when me and Pascal went for breakfast up at the Valley Cafe yesterday, and I was um, I was trying to I was, I was explaining to him that when Yam was here, we all knew how good a player he was. But when he came back with Bournemouth last season, I think I saw a different side to Yam because obviously Bournemouth played a Really, like beautiful style of football on the floor, and Jan's little just little one touch flicks and bringing other other people into play, which he, he did here, but just not 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 to the extent that he was able to do it playing for Bournemouth, and and the same for Reading yesterday. It was, it was mm. Perhaps a different side to what we saw. Yeah, I think um, when he was with us, it was a lot more um, sort of digging in and not such sort of pretty football, like getting out of League One and and even the start of the championship I think it was it was we were like digging in each game weren't we and I think now he's, it was more he was battling yeah and now it's more he is getting to show his real football skill and he as as he did when he was at Bournemouth well we now know I mean anybody who wasn't sure and, and to be fair I said before, before he came back I think that uh, you wouldn't say he was necessarily prolific for us he tended to score a lot of his goals from set pieces or from uh, you know free kicks, etc. Uh, but he always put his head in where it hurts, he, mm. and he had the capability to score spectacular goals. The, the, and, and providing, and, now, and, and uh, providing as well. Providing. And, but we never saw that uh, as much because of the uh, because it was League One football. To be yeah. fair, uh, but you saw the evidence yesterday. Uh, exactly what he can do. He can do the, the dirty stuff. He can he can put his head in where it hurts or score goals like he did yesterday. In terms of being a prolific striker, I mean, people forget that Jan is, is more of your. Hold up, player. Exactly you, right. Your second striker who bring, brings others into play. Yeah. So, so I thought he actually had a reasonable goal record for someone who is that sort of striker. If mm-hmm. you look at the likes of Dion Burton or someone like that, they never would have scored that many goals for us playing that same role. Well, importantly, they wouldn't have scored the type of goals he scored. No. You know, I mean that, that goal, that goal that was disallowed yesterday. For, oh, I think it was handball. It was handball, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what goal that was? I mean, it reminded me it was similar to when that that chip against Bristol City on the last day of the season that came off the bar, and I think Abika headed it back in. It was, it was that sort of quality. I was, I Greg beside me, and I was a bit worried after that goal and if that goal had stood he'd have had one of his moments again <laughs> oh dear uh, right um, uh, a, a couple of months ago uh, the uh, the club have, uh, have asked uh, fans to come together and form uh, a group called uh, t- the, the Target 20k it was one of the things when um when the black the the black and white campaign first started, spell it out in black and white. One of the things they suggested, I think, was was something a group along these lines. Um, and I think, but I think a lot of the, perhaps the protesters felt unhappy that the, the the group wasn't made along the terms they were expecting it to be made, and w- was filled with, with people perhaps who they wouldn't wouldn't expect to be to be filling this sort of thing and all that sort of stuff. So a, a lot of people seem a bit upset with it. Um, a lot of people obviously are going to say you're not going to get 20k in League One no matter what you say. Um, uh, so, so, so that's one thing as well. Um, 
I was contacted by Adrian from the, the, the Target 20K, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and we've been arranging uh, for him to come in for an interview because, uh, obviously, we, we've got, we want to be balanced, and I know they're, they're more closely tied, perhaps, with the club than, than a lot of fans would, would like to be. But, you know, we, we want to try and give every side of the story a chance here. And also, at the same time, it's a good chance for me to ask some questions, perhaps, that that some other people would have as well. So I um, I was lucky enough to, to sit down with Adrian and Alison from the CFC Target 20K, and uh, I'm going to play the interview now. But if you guys uh, if you guys want to have your say on this situation, don't forget you can email us, studio at chartonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us uh, at chartonlive and let us know what you make of, of this interview. But this is me talking to Adrian and Alison from the uh, CFC Target 20K. Right, so I'm delighted to be joined here in the Chartland Live studio by uh, a couple of representatives of the Target 20K uh, group, Adrian and Alison. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Thank you. Thank Hello. You. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the Target 20,000 group um, uh, is uh, designed to try and get 20,000 crowds back here at the Valley, I guess. I mean, how, how was the group formed? How did it, how did it come about? Well, it actually came about, Lou, because um, the club actually sent um, communication out asking for representatives from the fans from different parts of the fan fan sectors, you know, uh, season ticket holders, family, for example, um, to come forward to perhaps put together a group to try and bring uh, 20,000 supporters back to the Valley, get it going, get it rocking a bit. Um, obviously, I applied for it, uh, Alison did, as did all the other members, and then we received a message back here, I think it's right at the end of December, to say that obviously we've been successful, and we had our, our meeting uh, very shortly after that. I think the first one was about December the 28th, so we are actually still at, Certainly, my view, a very, very new group. Yeah. Uh, what um, What made you personally decide to, to to want to get involved with this group? Well, for me, it was all about um, say getting the valley going again. Really, um, I started attending when I was about fourteen. Back in the days when we used to give loads of tickets to schools, that's something that's come back in um, at Target 20,000 as well. And I went there and I remember, I think my first match was against Port Vale. Um, and, you know, there was well over 20,000 then, and I thought we could do that then, and perhaps uh, there's something I can do to bring that back. Um, so we've got sort of tendencies like that now. And Alison, for you personally, what made you decide to, to join the group? Um, I just felt that... Um I certainly, as someone younger who'd been a season ticket holder for a while, had something to offer. Um, and I just want, like everyone else, to be the best, the valley to be the best place yeah. to, it can be. Yeah. So I understand this, the, the group, that they're sort of representatives for sections of the fan base. So what, what ones would you come under? Um, I'm actually a family member. Um, I attend with, usually we're with my six year old son. Um, so that's the, portion of the uh, the fan base that I represent. And um, I'm the season ticket holder representative. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so you, so you've already sort of half mentioned one uh, already, but what what ideas have the the Target 20k group come up with already? Well, the away um, free away travel that was um, one of our initiatives. Um, the other one that springs to mind was also getting the um, players to actually come over and thank the fans for attending. I know that that was uh, quite big at the Rotherham game, um, and I understand it's obviously gone a little bit downhill since then but that is something that was really important we felt that that was something that the fans wanted wanted to see was a bit of you know thanks for attending yeah. um during these difficult times okay might not you know bring up twenty thousand people immediately but that was one of the one of the sort of strongest suggestions that we brought about and we are actually working on some at the moment as well which are very much linked to season ticket prices um, and match day prices as well. I mean, unfortunately, we can't mention too much about that at the moment, as that's yeah. still in discussions. But that is a strong part of what we're what we're working on at the moment. Sort of. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Targeting a bit more aggressively around pricing and retention. Because we're not just about attracting new members we are really keen on keeping those existing ones we know that's a tricky task we've got but that's something that that we need to do as part of as, as part of this group i guess in particular the the fans going after from this this shows what this this sort of group can achieve and what working with the fans can achieve and i guess that's something that certainly the the current owners perhaps needed needed have, have had to learn over time and I've, i guess um am i right in saying that the the target 20k was probably a reaction to the start of the first protest where people were talking about where there wasn't really much communication between the fans and the board did you do you get that impression i think that that's yeah i think that's a fair impression that this has come about because as you say because of things like the protest the massive decline in in tickets the club obviously felt like it needs to do something in some way that's not just a you know, that in respect to another fans forum or another sort of pressure group, um, they need to ha- perhaps work close with, um, say, partic- particular parts of their fan base. And that's why they've broken us up into families and season ticket holders, um, LGBT, disabled, BME, those kind of groups. Yeah. Um, you'll be shooting off to a, to a meeting very shortly. Who, um, who, who attends the meetings from, uh, from the club? And we're very lucky that we do get um, the senior management team attending. So we do, obviously the CEO um, sometimes attends, um, and we do have her sort of immediate direct reports. So we do get sort of heads of commercial, heads of ticketing, um, heads of press and communications. So we do have direct access to those people, and we are able to bring about our ideas to them directly. Um, now, as it, as it seems, I think um, personally as a, as a fan, I've... Uh, I put my hands up now and, and getting ready to throw the towel in. I think I think we're going down to League One. It seems very likely that we're probably going to be in League One next season. Is this is that going to affect the the targets of the group? Because obviously the the football on the pitch for me is the main thing that attracts fans. Um, absolutely right. Yeah, we are we are we are fans. We are supporters as well. We understand where this club's going. We know where it's going. Well, we are completely in tune with what's going on at the moment. So we are looking. One of the things we actually are going to do is, is reassess our aim. Um, we're going to keep. We, we're quite happy with the way sort of our strategies are, are going at the moment. I think we, we are going to look at our aim. I mean, we, we understand that you know, target twenty thousand. We have to look at that and think: is that real? Is that realistic? Is that achievable? If not, we're going to have to do something about it. And with um, obviously the the the, st- the the sort of the protests, and you see how toxic the, the fan base can be at the moment. Did, did you personally have any reservations in working with with a regime that perhaps? You could argue that their failings are the reason that we're going to be going down to League One. Um, I think, like all fans, we are a bit worried that, you know, probably more than a bit worried what's going on um, with the with the management. But um, I think our main aim at the moment is to try and make um, the club a best place for everyone to be. Mm. I mean, is there, do you think there'd ever be any scope? Because you do have this quite 
close um, contact and, and communication with the, the board that you could, you could raise um, issues that aren't perhaps necessarily target 20k. Do you ever do you ever feel like that that would be a possibility, or is that not really in your in your remit? I think we we have to listen to what what our fans sort of expect from us. Um, I'm quite happy to, and I'm sure my other members will be as well. Yeah, things that anything that's going to feed into making this club the best it can be, say without being um, another pressure group or another sort of fans forum, because that's you know they they have their place as 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 do we. So yeah, anything that can do that, anything can make sort of people come away from it feeling a bit better. Again, you know, we take into account what you're saying about what happened on the pitch. You know, we, we really can't influence that and change your management and things like that although we do that seems to be the sort of main suggestion we get given to us um at the moment but um we obviously we, we're realistic and we're trying to make it the best we can be guys thanks for thanks for joining us here at the valley i know you've got to shoot off to the meeting so uh thanks for joining us thanks lou thanks Thank you. So that was uh, adrian and allison who popped into the uh, the chat live studio to talk to me before uh yesterday's game i, I put on twitter uh, that we were going to do the interview with, with uh, Target 20 and, and to see what fans so far can make of that group because I know a lot of people will have reservations. I mean, uh, London in Giza says, don't see the point of them unless Roland goes. They have no chance. No one is interested under Roland's crew. Uh, Peter O'Sullivan says, sorry, no chance of 20k crowds now or future in the lower leagues and no way over 20k yesterday. Target 10k may be realistic next season although giving away tickets for school kids will add. Uh, Lisbon says, not sure how these people got chosen. I'm suspicious. I've heard no such communication from anyone else. I think that the, um, the people put themselves forward. Um, so I'm not sure I'm not sure how many people put themselves forward and whether there was a big pool they had to choose from, if it was just one or, one or two. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost an impossible <coughs> task. They've got their it? work cut out, yeah. haven't they? I mean, you know, you've got to applaud them for uh, 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 you know, genuinely trying to, to make a difference. You can't knock anybody for that. But um, one, in the current situation, uh, two, um, you, you know, whether we like it or not, there are several initiatives that, that, that we tried before. You know, when we did Target 10,000 and we, we brought in a lot of uh, school kids and uh, school initiatives, and that will work up to a point to try and make them keep coming back. You know, sadly and regrettably, as we know, uh, you've got to have a decent um, a decent chance on the pitch to actually uh, put in a decent performance uh, and possibly win games. Although it's not the be all and end all, the enjoyment of the day is is, is as is equally as as important. But a lot of it tends to go hand in hand with results. And if if you're absolutely appalling, you'll have n- absolutely no chance. Yeah. If you're average, that can sometimes knock over a, a good team or sometimes go on a good cut run. That you might have a, sh- a chance every now and again to, to to be a decent side, then then you've got to shout at it if um, if you market it right and you you do the you know the, the right um, initiatives. Uh, and one of those is cheaper tickets as well, of course, mm. for everybody, not just for freebie freebie ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, go on. So no, go on, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say as well. I guess the the season ticket prices and stuff will be starting to get released Must be close, fairly it? soon. And I think what what we did last. Um, summer was a really good idea about give it was it some some kids got free season tickets if their parent bought a season ticket in the family stand um obviously plenty so, plenty of clubs do that sort of thing and yeah I but I'd, i definitely think we should stick with with doing doing things like that i guess some fans um might have said and i guess this might this might be a slightly difficult question for the two of you to to answer actually considering uh, the, the roles you do have on match days, but some fans may look at it as as anything that that helps the the regime in any way, shape, or form. Um, look, I get that, uh, yeah. and and I sort of, I don't, I don't agree with it, of course. Yeah. But I can get, I can get where they're coming from. When when people are angry, 
uh, and justifiably so, uh, and they're going to they're going to swipe out and see yeah, everybody as fair we, game. We saw, we saw a ridiculous thread about big, yeah, big Dave Lockwood and and and, uh, and I uh, I get it. Uh, I don't understand it, uh, and I think it's wrong, absolutely hundred percent wrong. Uh, because um, I suppose from being on the inside slightly. Although I don't see myself as being yeah. inside, okay. I, I get that people will see me as such. Yeah. Um, but um, it, and, and you strike out, don't you? When, yeah. when you're in, when you're get, when you're cornered, uh, as um, a lot of fans seem to think we are, and, and I, I sort of agree, then you swipe out at people, and, and uh, they'll they'll see that anybody in the club, either working for or part yeah. of the uh, match day process, is fair game. I guess I've. Considering my position now and the fact that I've been asked to no longer do the commentary, I can actually give... Yeah, you've changed. Yeah, I can, I can give my honest answer. <laughs> you, stop looking at the T-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I, I, my thoughts behind when I was still doing the commentary for the club was, Sodom, it's my club, it's not their club. I, I, I've I dreamt of doing commentary for, for Charlton for, for my entire life. I love, you know, I love watching the club. Well, I like that sort of thing. And, and my view was I just wanted to stay there as long as possible until they went and, and I'd still be there. And I'm that quite, was what I was hoping for. I'm quite happy to nail my colours to the mast in that respect. That, you know, I'm sure people are, uh, will ask and, and question uh, sometimes, uh, you know, why don't you walk away, why don't you walk out? There are, there are several reasons. One of them very personal in that this is something I've dreamt of doing since, well, for as long as I can remember, mm. firstly. Um, and that's very selfish. I make no excuses for that or apologies for it at no, all. Of course not, yeah. Secondly, um, when we got uh, the sniff of this gig, bringing Charlton Live back, um, myself, Pete and Dave, uh, going back, oh, I don't know, was it four or five years ago? Even longer, I can't remember now. When we got the chance of bringing this back, there were several targets we wanted, several aims we had as fans to try and make the fan experience better. echoing Target 20k if you like Uh, one was to bring Charlton Life back to to, to them, we started with a couple of tin cans and a couple of mics in the the back of the room here Uh, we even went to the first aid room for a while (laughs) to try and make sure we kept it going Uh, and once we got our foot in the door there, the second big aim was to try and bring Charlton Bias commentary to fans to Charlton fans who had been complaining bitterly about the the, the style of commentary they were having to uh, listen to um and for as long as, uh, you know, I've, I'm very proud of the fact, and, and so should Dave and Pete, and so should a lot of other people behind the scenes who, who got that to happen, should be very proud of the fact that we're doing that now, uh, to whatever level of success and, and whatever level of quality, you know, hopefully it's possible. Um, and for as long as there's one person, one fan, who still wants to hear it, I'll continue to do it. Yeah. To be honest, if, if I was still doing it and if there was no fans who wanted to do it, I'd still do it. <laughs> well, no, I'd, I'd, I'm slightly different to that because there's absolutely no point in, in, in bleating out nonsense to nobody. Louis likes <laughs> the sound of his own voice. Well, there is that, obviously, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I've always enjoyed it. And like I say, you know, if... Um, if there's no demand for it, there's no yeah, point in doing it. Yeah. And then I go just go back to being on the terraces. But I promise you this, actually. Uh, a lot of people say, and, and uh, there are a lot of people saying, I'm never coming again. I'm, I'm leaving the valley. That's the last time you'll see me until this lot are gone. I understand that. I get, I get your feelings. I will never walk away. I've never yet done it. I've never walked mm. away, and I've been through some serious crap, yeah. and I'm not doing it now. Yeah, I, I'm the same. We'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, because, of course, we've got an interview with Rick, but uh, with Rick Everett, but Card have, have, have given out quite an in, in imposing statement this week about not buying season tickets next year, yeah. and, 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 that, and that is huge, because that is a massive decision for, for a lot of Trump fans to make. And it's, it's one that if, if I was a season ticket holder rather than working, I think I'd really struggle... I'd really struggle with my conscience there. I, I, you know, it's easy. It's easy from the situation I'm in now to say I think I, I, I probably would have stopped going for the greater good, but I would have really struggled to keep away because, because like, like, like you said, it's it's what I do. It's my that is my thing. When people talk to me at work, they talk to me about football. 
you know, when, when people talk to me anywhere, it's about football. That's, that's what I do. There is a sense of ownership to a season ticket. I never quite grew up, when I was, you know, when I first started coming here, the, the, the notion of a season ticket, I didn't even know there was any. It probably wasn't actually back, back then. You just rocked up on the day and got in if you could. And most people got in even if they couldn't. Um, and you know, uh, there were, I was fortunate enough to be part of crowds here where they were hanging off the, the floodlights and, you know, hanging over the walls. But, um, never even considered a season ticket. Especially not at uh, Sellers Park. The first time I got a season ticket was um, I got it at Upton Park on the promise that we were becoming back to the mm-hmm. valley, and that's the very first time I ever got a season ticket. And uh, up until a year ago, uh, I've had one ever since. And now my daughter's got it, uh, and now she's working. She's paying for it now instead of me paying for it, which mm-hmm. is handy. Um, but uh, there is a sense once once you get a season ticket, once you've had one. You, there's that sense of ownership of, of being, you know, this is my club, Part, and this is mine. Yeah. You know, and, and that's going to be difficult for people to, to tear away from. But I also get that actually, in League One, with a valley this size, you're probably not going to need one to get in here. Well, oh, you no, might, but you need might one. need one to go away. It would just be a, it'd just be a money situation, I think, because obviously. Well, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I'm, I'm still not entirely sure that the monetary thing will make a difference, personally. But um, but everybody's got to do what they, they you know, they think uh, is best for themselves. Isn't isn't it though if I've, I've read this right it's, it's just um, a temporary measure to yeah, not I mean, buy a season ticket straight oh, away oh I see what you mean oh, okay. they're not they're not saying oh, don't buy a season ticket oh, okay. they're saying okay. leave off until is it July until, or something until July yeah fair enough okay. so, I mean so it's not necessarily but I think uh, at the same time a lot of people just said they're not going to renew anyway um, uh, no, I can in, hear that. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, a couple of tweets in from Mark the Taxi says, Target 20k easy, proper manager will win games, people will come, not rocket science. My group of about 16 that go, uh, probably 12, said yesterday they won't renew under RD and can only do away games. Got a tweet in from Pascal, it says, uh, Charlton community is more than that, it's a big family, despite RD, don't lose that. Uh, can, I, can I just say I'm a bit worried about, uh, I've got a tweet from Pascal as well. <laughs> uh, and um, he's mentioned uh, Charlton Live, he's mentioned Louis, yeah. uh, he's mentioned myself, and he's mentioned Sue. And he says, be kind with my fiancé. Now, I'm pretty sure he's not your fiancé, Louis. And I've just asked Sue, and she's not his fiancé either. Which only leaves me! <laughs> was, I've, it, just, I've just it, tweeted, it my future has been back. There was a bit of confusion <laughs> oh, what, you, I've lost out to you? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, I've bagged him. Ah. Yeah, there was a bit of, there was a bit of confusion last night. Uh, I bet he's a good cook as well. <laughs> where, um, the, yeah, a bit of confusion over whose ticket Pascal was borrowing for yesterday's <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do love love him, and I would be blessed if he was my future husband. Yeah. I love I love Pascal too. And yeah, we good. love him as well. Yeah. Well, I can't believe we haven't got dibs. I love him yeah. more. Okay. Delighted to have uh, had breakfast with, with Pascal yesterday. Lost Pascal again. got to, to taste the fine British cuisine you get at the uh, Valley Calf. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's still. As a, as I'm sure he's probably still suffering. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, right, we, we've got plenty. We've still got You're plenty right. of tweets and emails to get through. Uh, Garmy says, uh, think Lookman getting extension to his contract just guarantees us money when he is sold in summer and relegation is blamed. Yeah, well, you can understand the sympathy, behind, you can understand the feelings behind that, um, because everything, and, and, you know, like it or not, and even if people believe it or not, everything that's going to happen from, uh, even, uh, six months ago, but from this point forward or that point forward is going to be seen with suspicion. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that. There's nothing the owners are going to be able to do about that. The only thing, that will change the situation is one if if uh, the current owners sell and go, or two, something quite drastic happens in terms of uh, be a seismic change in attitude uh, to uh, to what's going on at the minute, and that's uh, and that's is employing um, 
a good British manager who knows what he's doing. Or No, I'll rephrase that. A good manager who knows what he's doing. That might be Jose Riga. I don't know for next year. Employing experienced either Championship or maybe even League One players who know how to get out of either this division or that division. Uh, and to give us a chance we, and we mix those with players the, who to get out of this division. Well, yeah, yeah, just the wrong way. <laughs> and mix those with the good players like uh, Diara, like Kashi, like uh, Sonogo, if 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 we make lucky enough, like Motta, like uh, Lookman, yeah, you know, and, and mix those together as we have done in the past. And that's not rocket science. I mean, it's it's something that most people know. And it just seems to there's a couple of people. Well, it just seems to it just that. seems to be beyond us for whatever reason. And that and and that's um, and it's sad. And but and that's what's causing all these the, the reactions we're getting now. And Unless that changes, you're going you're gonna to have people thinking that everything that happens, like Lookman signing a long-term contract, which if it had happened three years ago, we'd be dancing on the ceilings. Yeah. Uh, VFF says on the, on the Charlton Life forum, it says, Great and all, but target 20,000 empty seats next season is more like it. <laughs> Ignoring the current state of the club, these supporters are on a hiding to nothing. Rebuilding the club can't begin until Duchatelet and Mayor have gone, and sensible, intelligent footballing decisions can be made again. I've got a couple of tweets in from Sean, who uh, used to sit in front of me in my season ticket seat. It says, I'm not, I'm not renewing. Can't pay money for this. We'll be back when Roland has gone, and that's no matter what division a tea lady would run a club better than him. Uh, Chris says, I understand what you guys are saying. I used to work on the turnstiles at Selhurst. So he's obviously been a, a long-timer. Uh, himself, uh, Peter Pierce says, "Don't diss the Valley Cuff. The bubble is excellent." And I'm not dissing it; it's wonderful. But I imagine no, I, I, I want to rephrase it because I've often I'm often a patron of, of that fine establishment yeah. myself. I'm more thinking of Other what cuffs are available what, what, in the local area. What Pascal is normally used to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Think, it must have been a shock is, to the is to what the I was getting him, yeah. rather, rather than the quality. Right. Uh, yesterday, I went out and spoke to Rick Everett, the voice of the Valley editor. He is obviously one of the main contenders in the coalition against. Rose and do Chatelet or Card. Um, I wanted to find out what was uh, what, what the next step was. It was uh, obviously based on the, that big announcement they've asked fans to either postpone or, or indeed not at all buy, buy season tickets this uh, for next season. Um, I spoke to him before yesterday's game and he certainly played his cards close to his chest in terms of what was going on in Belgium that evening. I, he didn't mention it at all. Uh, so there's nothing about that in there. Uh, I have got something from someone who went to Belgium in, in a minute, so we'll, we'll talk about that soon. But uh, let, let's listen to what Rick had to say. Uh, I caught up with him before yesterday's game. Joined by Rick Everett from uh, the Coalition against Roland du Chatelet and uh, quite a large announcement from, from Card this week, uh, advising fans to, to not buy season tickets. That's, that's quite a big step, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's not a surprise. Uh, one comes as a surprise to many fans that that's our view. And obviously it's up to individuals to make their own decision. But I think that's the biggest statement that fans can make to the club at this stage. It's the most important financial contribution they make to the club. And if they don't approve of what's going on, I really think they should give serious consideration to withholding it. It's, it must have taken quite a lot of deliberation to, to, to come to this, this particular decision because it is a big step, isn't it? Well, nobody wants to do things which might damage the club in the long term. And, you know, personally, I've been involved in building up the season ticket base over since 20, 25 years. So, obviously, it's not a decision that we would take lightly. But I do think it's necessary because when you see the scale of the problem that we've got here and the urgent need to remove the owner and to remove his chief executive because... We're just not going to get this club back on track with these people in charge. They've got to go, and whatever we need to do to get them out, I'm afraid we're going to have to do. In the what unfortunately now seems an unlikely situation that Charlton did stay up, do you think that would affect your, your protests at all? 
personally, I find it very hard to see how this team and this management set up is going to stay in the division from, from this position. Um, if they did, I think that that would affect, affect the take-up. There would be more people willing to renew and to give them another chance. But frankly, I, I don't see it happening. And, and even if we did stay up, we're not going to resolve the problem of the way that Roland de Chasselet wants to run the club, which isn't about a successful team, which isn't about the things that we expect of a football club in England and in the English league. And it's just no good for Charlton supporters. Uh, today's uh, flash protest announcement midday was uh, the handing out of, uh, of uh, these uh, little leaflets, these programmes. What was your thinking behind that? Um, we feel that we've got to get the message across to as many people as possible, and, and we hope that this sort of slightly jokey, um, unofficial programme, which also will serve to provide the fans with the teams for the match, um, will be a way of getting our message across, obviously getting the season ticket announcement across, but also saying to sort of the uncommitted fans who will be here today, and perhaps some people who are not convinced about the argument for getting rid of Duchatelet, this is why he's got to go. This is what it's about. This isn't about the fact of losing one game or a poor run of results or even the manager. This is because this ownership is rotten to the core and has got to go. And uh, finally, Card also announced that uh, there's something going to be in the pipeline potentially for, for the Middlesbrough game. Have you got any more details about that? Well, we're not going to say too much at the present time, but the Middlesbrough game being televised, um, I think that's a disaster for the club and it's a huge boost for Card. Um, we'll be meeting over the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll be reaching decisions about what we're going to do about that, that game, but I think you most people would expect it to be a, a major protest event. Do you have any sort of estimations what sort of percentage of the fan base is currently supportive of, a, of Card's position? Well, when we give out stickers, um, which I think if someone takes a sticker which says they want Roland out, that's a pretty good indication, we get into 75-80% of the people coming to the matches. And also there's another cohort of people who are just not coming to the games anymore. The club itself says that 3,000 out of its 10,000 season ticket holders on average don't attend. So I think we can assume that they're fairly sympathetic. And you're never going to get everyone. Uh, you know, going back to the, the campaign to get back to the Valley, there were people who wanted to stay at Sellers Park who didn't believe that Charlton could ever come back to the Valley. And I understand that. They're entitled to their opinion. You know, we understand we won't persuade everyone, but we want as many as possible on side, and I think we're pretty much there. You had an opportunity at the last home game to have a bit of direct communication with uh, with Catherine. She, she came and, and, and spoke to you. Can you reveal what was said in that conversation? Very little, really. I mean, it's a shame that she didn't ask to have a proper meeting and sit down and have a sensible conversation, instead of which she approached me with some crazy idea that I was frightened of speaking to her face-to-face. And, and what I said to her was... You arrange meetings with fans, but you then handpick the fans who attend and you fill the room with staff. That's not a way to have a constructive dialogue. She needs to talk to the people who perhaps have got some insight into how this club is run and who've been involved in the running of it over the last 20 years. And perhaps, you know, they might have had a more constructive approach to running Charlton, but I'm afraid it's too late now. Um, we're not going to achieve anything with conversations on the street, and I, I'm certainly not interested in haranguing her as she walks past at 1.30 when she rolls in. Yeah, Ray, thanks for your time. No that's Rick Everett there from the the coalition against Roland Duchatelet. So it was, a, it was a big announcement from them, um, talking uh, about not renewing season tickets, perhaps uh, not indefinitely, but but maybe holding off to the end of the season. It, yeah. 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 Um, I've, I've tweeted out asking what, what fans are going to make of it. Um, Lewis Wheeler says people will make up their own minds regardless of what of what Card said. Uh, and London Giza said he had a season ticket at Seller, so there wasn't many many of us back then. He's talking about. <laughs> No, yeah. Well, it wasn't many of us full stop, yeah, yeah. Um, season ticket or otherwise. That's I'd... when I started going. Mm. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I wow. was at Sellhurst. Yeah, so well, people, people, like I say, they're, they're going to have to wrestle with that decision. I mean, a lot of people have already said they're just not going to do it next season. 
and, and I understand it. And, uh, but as I said before, a lot of people uh, feel, uh, especially if you've always had a season, uh, you know, it's it's part of being a Cheltenham fan. It's part of the whole process. And and it, they, some people might find it tough not to. Mm. Um, and I'm just I'm I know that we sort of touched on this before, but I'm just wondering whether it would be the same situation if we were doing well in the league. Whether as many people would be saying, "I'm not renewing." I think the issue being um, is that we're not doing well in the league because of what's happening. If we were, I mean, if you look at the end of last season, we when we we ended with quite a flourish and we finished mid table, and I think I think most people were placated. But there, there, there's never there's never been that extended period of good play whereby there's any way of proving that this system that Roland's trying to run is work. And I think also a massive catalyst for what's really, I mean, for me personally, for, for what really changed my mind on this lot, whereas we were unsure where we were going before, when you look at the, the doubling quotes and ignore the customer quote, obviously that's mm. a lot of football fans saying not to hear that, but ignore that. Listen to the other quote. I've still got it here, actually. I won't play it now because it's a bit long. But it's, uh, actually, I will play it now because it's only 17 seconds. It's the one where, where Katrina is talking about um, sort of like running Cholton as a club that only seeks to try and sell players to the Premier League rather than doing that to keep us going until we get up there. So let's, let's listen very quickly to that quote. And, and my proposition would be a unique kind of real football kind of um, fan experience uh, and see the hopefully the next stars of the, of the Premier League, which we will have a play um, for Charlton in the first team and then probably sell on to the Premier League. You're, you're- Right, so that's a unique fan experience. So obviously, it's it's not trying to say it's it's the same. I as think what we've we been doing that do. for years, haven't we? Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but we, but we, haven't, we haven't stated that as our only yeah, aim, and that's th- what that's what's come yeah, out. Two here. things, Sue's right. Uh, it's more of a foot in mouth experience. I think you'll you'll, you'll find. Uh, I don't think any of us would be too surprised uh, about. Um, about, about the action because we've seen it happen well, ever since I've come to the job we've done nothing but that uh, we tend to keep them a bit longer than we have done in recent years that's a fact but uh, we've always done it uh, whether we like to admit it or not we've always done it I think um, and I think we all we all have to understand uh, including the owners we all have to understand why we're in this position why why there's such protest and, and losing is a factor you know we can't hide from that and people shouldn't uh, mask the fact that you know it's worse because we're losing because as you say we were mid table last year and it, it, you know people were still disgruntled but not to this extent you know and and losing is a catalyst of uh, how uh, things have been run it's not it's it doesn't happen by accident you know you don't have, you don't employ a, a manager who, uh, or interim manager who, who clearly regrettably is a nice man but really wasn't up to it uh, for 14 games and expect to, yeah. to, to, to not, for it not to go badly. Yeah, he's got himself a new job now, hasn't he? Yeah, Fry, and Belgium second, Belgian division. second division has yeah. been promoted via, uh, via our relegation. Um, so, I mean, everybody has to be aware that ev- everything that's happened, you know, everything that's happened now has, has happened for a reason. It, it's not by accident. <clears throat> and, uh, and whether we like to admit it or not, it's fueled the protest. Um, but, uh, I still think the protest would have come, uh, because, in the same way as uh, a year of absolute dire football and, and relegation will will spur hatred and and, uh, and disgruntledness, so will four or five years of stagnant doing nothing. Uh, and so that's what we, we were faced. I think we were probably faced with that as well. I couldn't. I couldn't. <clears throat> with the way the way that you see the um, the plans, um, as Catherine spelled out there. You don't see us getting into the Premier League. You just don't. Oh yeah, I mean, <coughs> it, 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 from that comment, which has still not been 
they haven't said, oh no, this is what we meant. They, they, we, 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 it sounds like we, we're just aiming just to float around in the Championship forever. That's what it's aimed. And, and in the same way as we, if you remember in the Premier League, there were disgruntled voices uh, towards the, the, you know, the five years into our uh, Premier League uh, existence because <laughs> uh, we, uh, we weren't going to the next level. I mean, not into the same level as we are now, obviously. But <clears throat> and that will cause the same problem. And uh, I think with the, the setup we've got at the moment, had we not experienced this now, I still think we would have experienced a similar protest. In uh, It would have built up over a, a few more years, possibly, but we would have still got here. Yeah, TFT says, I will not be renewing while the footballing failure to Chatelet and the inept CEO may uh, own and run the club. London, in, London Inet Giza says, thought the megaphone thing at the protest was embarrassing, made a joke of the situation, hopefully not to be repeated. Um, I think... I think at one of the protests, I think Rick had a me- megaphone. Well, I, have to admit, I'm, I'm, I don't really share that view, uh, to be honest, uh, Mike. Uh, Kevin says, nothing to do with league position, all down to owners' views on how they want to run the club. Yes, we've sold young players before, but they've played more than 30 games before we've sold them. Peter O'Sullivan says, been watching Charlton since 78, but I'm so disillusioned with this management after yesterday, I'm staying away. Uh, right, so after I spoke to Rick, um, and I started getting sort of tweets through when I was uh, driving up towards Bedford yesterday evening about uh, a trip over to San Truden to watch uh, to uh, by about 20 Cholton fans to go and protest against uh, Roland in his hometown, his home club. Um, I saw uh, there was a thread started up on the forum, Cholton Life, talking about how fans had been arrested and, and this and that. Um, and it was a bit unclear. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if they were officially arrested. No, from, they were, they were with, escorted from yeah, the ground, escorted, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, but um, I, was, uh, I, was ho- I was hoping to, to probably distill something off one of the threads. But then I noticed on the, when I was on the bus on the way here, I'd actually been contacted by someone on the forum in the, in the DM bit. And the interesting thing about this is, and the, the, the reason I know it's true, is because this same person contacted me early on in the week and said something along the lines of, what's the best way for me to contact you uh, sort of anonymously as in no one else is going to see it? And I said, well, you can send it to the channel live if you want. There's two or three of us who see that. And he said, no, no, I just want you to see it because I'm not saying, I'm not letting you say my name to anyone. And he's given, uh, they've given themselves a pseudonym, uh, which is the rocking chair grandma, <laughs> <laughs> which I have no idea nice. what that means. Uh, so this is, this is the message from that person who was part of, the, uh, the group that went over to, to Belgium yesterday. He says, uh, report from the match we attended yesterday. Can confirm that the game we attended was in Belgium, STVV, which is Centurion, versus Zulta Varagem. Uh, which Big is, game. Yeah, home of the Cholton CEO. The Belgian, the Belgium 20, as we're being called in some quarters, managed to stand up with the banner saying, Roland and Catherine, time to go. This was put up midway during the first half for a good five minutes, whilst leaflets were being given out to home fans, uh, stating why we were attending this match. And I saw them, I think I retweeted on my personal account earlier on the, the, the re, the uh, leaflet that, it was a card leaflet being handed out, yeah, one side in English, one side in Dutch, which is the, the language, Flemish specifically, yeah, I think. Yeah, in that part of, uh, of Belgium. Uh, the, the rocking chair grandma continues, stewards then removed the banner from us and we left the stand peacefully while STVV fans applauded us saying what a good job we had done. It was a few minutes later that two police officers appeared showing me their police ID and asking me to show some form of ID myself. This I gave them. The police said it was orders from above. 
Not clear to me if that was from the police chief in charge or Roland, <laughs> but was told everything was on film. No arrests were made, and as yet, no contact to me by police. This also happened to two other members of our group who were filming and making uh, photographs in the opposite stand. I must emphasise that both ourselves and the Sandtruden supporters were happy with what we were doing, and everything was done in a cheerful manner. Also, my dealings with the police were friendly from both sides. Trust you can read this out, uh, this report tonight. The rocking chair, grandma. I mean, and for starters, I mean, what does that nickname? Mean? I'd love to know. Yeah, but I'll leave you to find out. <laughs> I don't that know out. if that's some sort of code for the people who went or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, interesting. It was an interesting taking taking the protest to, to Roland because he doesn't come here to watch him, does he? <laughs> I think um, well done, basically, uh, to to the twenty. Uh, that went it uh, it was uh, an inspired idea actually i think uh, and with no little risk i suppose that there is a, that risk that they could have got arrested and stuff but uh, uh, everything was done peacefully which is which is exactly how Charlton fans should behave mm. uh, and um uh, i i you know I, I, more power to them yeah it was uh, it was uh, really interesting we we did have a tweet in that's been brought to my attention. Uh, Mark Reed uh, says, so fans told to boycott the Valley, then protesters pay to watch another of his clubs and probably have a <laughs> pint and a burger. Obviously, they'll probably have a pint and a burger thing you can just... Well, Trust me, my friend, guess. if you're going to Belgium, <laughs> it's one of the few one of the few things that is actually a, 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 of, of quality. Well, yeah. not necessarily the burger, but certainly the beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of the few reasons to go, yeah. actually. But, but I think that's a slightly strange opinion to have there from Mark, in, in, in my opinion, because I think... Well, I, I get you what he's... You have to go and protest. I, I get what he means. I mean, yeah. he, he means you, you can't on one side say, um, boycott the valley. Don't uh, buy season Don't buy season tickets, and then spend money to go and watch mm. another... Uh, so I, I sort of get where he's coming from, but... Uh, because, but I don't, I don't agree with uh, necessarily the boycott in the valley anyway. That's not mm. not my uh, not my thing. But um, I sort of understand what he means. Um, but as I don't agree with the first bit, I, I probably don't agree with his bit either. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with his uh, his tweet at all. I think it's, it's another way. I mean, that that protest yesterday got huge uh, recognition amongst. It was on the BBC. Oh, website. it served its it purpose. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, yeah, and and from on both sides of the of the channel, by the way. Yeah, on his Atlantic. So in that case, I think you have to take the, the little hit where perhaps you had to give. I don't know. I think football tickets aren't that expensive in Belgium. Probably, probably ten, twenty euros to go and watch. You have to give that to Roland to actually make your point. So I think Mark, you've uh, probably missed the point there on on that one. Uh, right, we've got. Well, we've got about five minutes left. I've got still, loads of emails. Yeah, we've to still go got through. loads of emails, and we've got Dickie Davis to talk to you first. So I'm going to display you the Dickie Davis interview. He's a, a Sky Sports uh, stalwart. He's a he's a Sky Sports legend. I yeah, think I call legend. him. He, uh, he's he, legend. Yeah, he's um being he covers uh, Charlton games most weeks. He seems he to be here most of the time. So I've got to say, he's probably he's probably the only, if not one of the few. Uh, Palace fans, I can actually talk to without wanting to punch him. You're not supposed to say <laughs> that. Why? He doesn't like people knowing. He does. He tweets pictures of him and Pardew all over the place. Yeah. I got told to keep it a secret. Yeah. Really? From him? Yeah. That's all right. No one him. listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, Dickie Davis, who uh, has been working for Sky Sports, and, and Terry, quite rightly, thought it'd be interesting to see from a different point of yeah, view. Yeah, I, I played devil's advocate a little bit here, but uh, I just wanted to to, to, to to see what outside people looking in thought of us. All right. So, let's have uh, we'll, we'll hear what Dickie Davis has to say, and we are going to run over time tonight because we've got plenty of your emails still to read. Joined in the studio by um, Sky Broadcasting legend, Dickie Davis. Dickie, hello, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us and uh, popping in and giving us a few words. The main reason we, we I want you in is just to... We know what it's like here in this club at the minute and, and what we're going through, but you know, from the outside looking in, what uh, what's, a, what's a Dickie Davis opinion of what's going on uh, at the Valley at the minute? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's terribly difficult. I think if you look at, from an outsider's point of view, people see the protests going on and that's clearly gathering momentum. They're clearly very well organised. 
I think a lot of people don't know the background in terms of there's clearly money being spent on the pitch and the training ground at the academy, but I think the fans are saying we've got to get it right on the pitch. I think everyone remembers dropping out of the Premier League, dropping at the Championship, dropping into League One, and how hard it is to get out of League One. And I think that they just felt that in January, I just thought you would they would become a they would bring in a spine of decent Championship players who are used to this division to help guide the players, and it's just not. I didn't see the sort of players coming in that I would have expected to come in, and I think that's. It feels like it's left them short. A couple of injuries. You look at someone like Vita Keller, you're praying for him to get fit and to play. And you had the great game against Rotherham, then he's not played against since. It's very, it's very, very difficult at the moment. You're right about uh, the spine of the players. I mean, when you consider we've got five uh, automatic choices pretty much uh, out injured uh, at the minute, we're hoping maybe one or two will be back soon. But um, <clears throat> on, a, on a football footballing level, have you been out to see us much this year to, 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 to pinpoint... Um, you know, those players just aren't really good enough, or 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 the the, the setup's quite not quite right. Uh, it's a, football is so much about confidence. I know we we talk about it, but uh, you look at someone like Norwich. I've said a few times this season, and they've gone into a game, and you can almost feel the players and the crowd not quite being at it, and they've lost the game one nil. They've won at West Brom. It was up soon after they got battered at Newcastle. If they'd have gone into that game with confidence, I fully believe they could have won that. And I think so much of what happens at Charlton is what I'd love to see is the crowd just go full out behind the behind the team, no matter what happens, full out behind the team and process at five o'clock. I think the players f- feel the weight on their shoulders of, <coughs> of, of, of the crowd, of the expectation, they, and they know they're not playing well. And it's and it's I get it. It's a it's a very difficult situation. But if I was a fan, I'd just it's, and it is hard, but try and get behind them for ninety minutes, give them all you've got, and then. Make your protests whenever. I think for the most part, um, isolated cases not, but for the most part, I think the fans have tried to do that, certainly. Uh, yeah. And especially away from home, actually. Um, uh, it just seems that the players are, um, are sort of, as you said, with the confidence levels, it, it, it's that fine line between if you're fully confident, you'll win the close games, yeah. and when you're not, you tend, you tend not to. Yeah. Uh, and the last two games are classic examples of that, yeah. um, I think, anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, it's interesting to know, because, I mean, a lot of people have given Alan Kirby a bit of stick for, for saying something similar. Uh, when they say, well, he obviously doesn't get it. Uh, so it's, I mean, that's why I wanted to, to ask more people from the outside to, 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 so, to maybe give credence to that view. Uh, and also it's difficult because don't forget, you guys are often based in the, the main stand here. We're over on the gantry on the other side. So our perception of what the crowd are doing might be, it's slightly, it's like a, you know, seeing a goal from a different angle. Some people come and ask me because I've seen it from the other side and you guys have seen it from the main. It's a little bit like maybe just the crowd on my side, but it does feel as though, I mean, when Lookman came on, I think for his debut, Passed it sideways and a few boos rang out. You're going, he's a kid, give him a break. But it's, but I get it. It's, you know, it's frustrating times. It's, it's, you know, people are, are fed up with with the situation that they're in. And it, as a football fan, it is, you know, it is it is fiercely frustrating when your team's just not able to do it on the pitch. I get it. On a general uh, uh, level, you know, you've been up and down the championship. I'm assuming uh, the grounds in the championship and seen seen plenty of sides. Who's your tips? Uh, I mean, firstly, um, who do you think is going to go out? But secondly. Uh, and perhaps more importantly for us, can you see us getting out of it? Can you see the, uh, a way that there are three worse sides than us? Well, I think it'll, it'll come down to form. We looked at the Premier League, you've had ridic- you know, teams that look dead and buried have had ridiculous runs. You'd go last season, you'd obviously go Leicester, outrageous run to get up when they looked dead and buried. Sunderland under Poyet, very similar. One of these teams needs to go on a run like that. A few we- weeks, months ago, you'd have said, well, Bolton, MK, Dons, Rotherham are all struggling. MK Duns Rotherham got it just it just need a little bit of momentum. You need, it's it's a class it's a cliche. You just need to scrap a win out of out of somewhere to give you at the moment 
when you're in the middle of a run like this, you can't see where the next win's coming from. But if you can just eke one out, it might just give you a bit of momentum to go to go into the next ones. Because I'm not sure any of those bottom sides, you know, of that, of that MK Dons, Rotherham, Bolt, and yourselves are in great form. MK Dons have let a couple of you know leads slip late on in games. I think it, it's, it's possible they can get out. I don't think anyone here will forget what Riga did last time in a in a shorter space of time with with, with what looked a more desperate situation. Admittedly, that the you know when he came in, it was you were three or four points adrift of safety. Now it's it's lengthened. I still don't think it's an impossible situation by any stretch. And what's your personal record here at the Valley this season? Uh, what, what are we going to look forward to for the, to the, today's visit, Diggy? <laughs> I think the bolt. I was here for I've been here for Bolton. I've had a few poor ones, uh, Wolves, but I, I think was it one. One winning fourteen at home, so I'd, I'd be I'd have struggled in fairness if I'd have, if I'd, if I'd have made many, many good games. I, I think I might have seen you one win at home in in recent weeks. I just kind of get my fingers crossed. Really, people as I'm going around the ground, people saying, "What have you done to deserve this game?" But you've it's a it's a fantastic club, and I just I, I really hope that whatever it takes to get over the line, they they, they get over the line. And it, I just try and keep the faith. It looks grim at times like this. You look at your fixture and go, "Oh, where's the next win coming from?" But once you get a head of steam up, anything can happen. Well, fingers crossed. Appreciate that. Cheers, Diggy. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Enjoy the day if you can. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thank you. Hunt Dennis is fed in. Lovely touch. Goes around his player, chips across the box. Jackson! Oh, yes! What a goal by Johnny Jackson! Arriving late in the box. Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross. And the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Yeah, so we're delighted to have been joined by Dickie Davis there. Despite being a, a Palace man, as Sue, as uh, Terry, sorry, let's let slip. He is. Uh, he is I didn't really know it was a secret. Yeah, he's a really top bloke, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Um, we've we've had so many emails. It's been a packed show uh, this evening. So we're we're really glad that you guys have uh, have uh, have given us loads of emails, and we've got plenty to get through. Uh, just uh, one tweet as well from Damien and says they uh, won't be renewing five season tickets next season. Made the decision way before a card suggested it. Three generations lost. Which is a, 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 a shame, but that, that is the situation we've come to, isn't it? Right, so let, let's let's get through these emails. Right, we'll start with a little uh, uh, short and short and sweet one first from Adrian Simpson. Adrian uh, mentions uh, Premier League attack, League Two defence, uh, which pretty much summed us up yesterday. I think uh, we're going back to uh, the earlier ones. And uh, Robert Waggon has um, emailed us in. Thanks, Robert. Uh, hi, over, so over two years in Rowan's ownership, which is just on paper, we are no clearer on what the plan is. All the good work since getting home is gone, ruined by a clueless, heartless man and his contempt, useless liar CEO. Richard Murray said in the first fans forum that Ronald isn't getting any younger and wants success at his clubs. And Charlton are in the best position because of the Premier League riches in England. Then Catrian said that in the next uh, forum, Roland has no favourites, all his clubs are equal. All that is clear is we are in a mess, and the only crumbs of information on direction comes from actions, although Catrian did spell it out in words in Dublin. Roland's loaned, not given the club over forty million, and uh, on that he gets three and a half million interest a year. So to say that it's an investment is true for him, but clearly not for the club. It's just a loan. The training ground will bring through more players, just as for our CEO said, to be sold on. Roland will make money from the club in any way he can and wants. And the only favouritism shown by Roland, stated by Richard Murray, denied by Catherine, will be the fact that the club ground and ground training ground is in London, and he can develop an asset strip in that strip in that way too. As supporters, we can only judge on what he's done already here in two years and what he's done at other clubs he has owned. And when he sold standard, he took all their money. It's worrying that we have nowhere to turn. I'm fearful we've lost our fight and people are just walking away. The most hurtful and frustrating thing personally is we know what it takes. 
We helped shape the plan before, and with supporters on side, anyone who cared and wanted to invest for the good of the club could have got the golden ticket to the Premier League. All Roland's done is open the trap door to League One. I'm sure I speak for thousands. We must do whatever it takes. Thank you for the taking the time to read this. And that's Robert Wagon. Thanks, Robert. Uh, Robin Lisbon has emerged in. Thanks, Robin. Hi, guys. I'm now an addict of the show, and I'm pleased to see its popularity growing. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago there would be a turning point to events, and barring a miracle, yesterday was pretty much it for the football side of the business. Not because we are too far adrift, eight points with goal difference, but because we don't have the competence in the manager and the staff to, uh, to coach the players for the level required in the championship. If Roland had invested in a season championship manager, like Warnock, uh, last November, maybe the flicker of hope we saw uh, as an improvement yesterday could have been turned into a relegation fight. Instead, we've seen experience born out of training at set pieces and defence frailties pretty much sealed our fate yesterday and will continue to do so. No excuses, the management and coaching like the owner and the board are way out of their depth. They all need to go. As the slogan, support the team to survive the championship, fades into the twilight, fans have to now direct their wholehearted passion towards the battle to regain control of our football club. Every single fan and the Charlton Live team who wants our future for Charlton must now play their part to show this rotten regime there is no point in continuing this sham because there's no turning back for the fans. The guys behind Card, in my opinion, have done a great job and have put a lot of hard work in behind the scenes and we thank them for their ideas, passion and commitment. Please, Charlton fans, let's now get all behind Card and take every opportunity to step up the campaign to take back our club as soon as possible, regardless of the risk. And I don't say risk lightly. Uh, there are investors out there and are ready to partner the fans and work together to, to get our great club back in the Premiership. Let's make it happen for them. Uh, Robert Giles, as he wants to think, Robert. Uh, hi, guys. Did anyone see or, or comment to you earlier about the photographers taking photos and videos of the lower North Stand crowd through the entire duration of the game yesterday? Uh, when my wife questioned a senior steward as to why they were filming the crowd, her reply was, they are press. To which my wife went on to question, why would the press, three photographers, spend the entire game photographing and videoing the crowd? The game was not that bad. The steward went away to contact whoever, and then the story changed to it. They can photograph and film anybody within the ground without anyone's permission, and because we can. To add insult to the situation, the steward kept calling my wife honey, which is when I stepped in to insist that my wife be shown the respect and be called madam like any other public service should, and indeed have to when dealing with the public. So there's more underhand dodgy dealings from the owner and the trusty sidekick that are ruining the club. On another matter, the lads, I thought, put in such a great effort yesterday's second half and felt it was a very cool, cruel blow to concede at such a late time. Long way may we continue to play with such spirit. If we do, we have the chance of retaining championship status. Mm. That's Rob Giles. Nigel Pemmont, and thanks, Nigel. Dear all, some people will say it's harmless fun and nothing to do with anything, but I find the exploitation of youngsters by the club at the last two home games disturbing. Little kids, many innocent of that conflict that exists where every turn, at every turn, the club demonstrates how much it hates the supporters. Little kids are hauled out of their seats to wave flags. Firstly, there's a bewildered group walking around wafting flags, and then they are lined up in front of the East End to wave flags when the team emerges. All the time encouraged by a frankly embarrassing behaviour of the mascot Lord Valiant. Uh, this might be okay as far as it goes, but there's a cynical opportunity for phot photographers, presumably students from the University of Greenwich, to create images for club, for the club, uh, propaganda purposes. The children are not being welcomed in the way I would understand it, but manipulated by cynical adults who filter, who flitter around amongst them to force them into positions that make the best photographs for the club, not to ensure it's the best experience for the children. It's shameful that any grown adult should be part of that exploitation and manipulation, almost a perversion. And yes, it's uh, simply my opinion, but it's how it comes across. If it was so sweet, lovely and wholesome and worthwhile, then why hasn't all this malarkey been going on for a couple of years? It's only started as the protests have stepped up. 
To make matters worse, we had the Academy Day parade yesterday where young, all-male footballers were paraded around the edge of the pitch. They were like cattle or sheep at a livestock market, many to fall by the wayside and few to be fattened up for the Premier League, as we have been quite expressly told by Katria Mayer. The club don't care about the young players as human beings, it seems to me. Poor Dave Lockwood then had to interview... Uh, had to have interviews to extol the virtues of uh, Valley Gold and Enterprise surely dead in the water by now. It is one thing for the club to demonstrate contempt and hatred for old idiots like me, but shameful, perverted, cynical and may add weird that the club should do so, be so manipulative to youngsters. Is there no responsible adult around Charlton anymore that can put a stop to this or are we in a situation where somebody will jump through hoops, however morally reprehensible it is, Nigel? Uh, that's from Nigel. Can, I, can I just comment on that? Please email? do. Just, um, the, 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 the Academy yeah. Day has been going on for years. We've been doing that for a long time and the kids have got, been gone around the pitch and... Um, yeah, that's been an ongoing thing, and I think the king, the thing with the kids with the flags, is um, parents are contacted prior to um, the game to ask if they're like if they're season ticket holders in the family stand. They're actually asked if they'd like to take part in the flag waving. And my my um, sort of take on it is most of the kids are really excited to be able to have that, just to be part of. Like being pitch side mm. and being involved in in that. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think the flag thing has been going on for pretty couple much of years. Just, well, definitely the start Year of the season. Half, yeah. sure. I can't remember if last season. I we think, had uh, we had and it was Anna that was working in the club development um, team uh, for a period of time. She joined us from the FA and she'd started bringing in things to get the children involved yeah. more pre match. Um, which is where the family zone came in and stuff. And Lisa, that after Anna left, Lisa's carried that on yeah. and just I think that's, yeah, I mean, added stuff I'm, to it. I think it's a bit cynical yeah, to was, think that guess, it's just because of the protest. Yeah. It's been going on before. I'm going to say I'm, I'm one of the more cynical fans out there. But I mean, the kids playing with flags. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, that they, they do the fun day for the kids out there. And, and and that that is, I mean, that is the sort of stuff that should be happening. I agree, hundred percent. Actually, that's the hundred percent the sort of thing that should I be think, happening. Um, it's, it's the fact that there's so much other I, nonsense. I, I think I mentioned. Yeah, I think I mentioned it before. Anything that is done currently will be seen with cynicism from all angles. Uh, and I've got to say, Nigel, I don't actually agree, uh, generally speaking, with, with what you're saying. I mean, and as for um, uh, cynically putting um, uh, children and people in, in photographs that will make the club look better, if you can ever show me a picture that the club has taken in the last 150 years we've been doing it, that ever showed the club in a bad light, I'm willing to see it, but okay. I can't remember one, yeah. if I'm honest. Amy, Amy says that they had the, the cameras in crossfires too, felt a bit uncomfortable. Uh, Leb's uh, L-E-E-B-Z on Twitter talking about the, the CFC target 20k says point, uh, pointless get the team uh, get the first team winning and feeling the value will happen without bad ideas from the uh, the clown CEO he says uh, I, I just tweeted a, self, uh, a, a selfie because I'm still doing the show saying how, showing how tired I was and I've got a lovely one back from Mark uh, head, you know, the Garmy head chef of him still listening to the show so I'm glad to see he's still listening I should hope so <laughs> um, I, I would say that Nigel I probably would agree that, that, it, that the whole um, the, the attempt at exploiting how lovely we are it's probably got higher because of the protest, and, and they're probably, you know, the club are desperately trying to show us in a good light. And you sort of understand why, because um, nobody wants the bad press that, that is naturally coming anyway, so they're trying to counter it. Yeah, and, fact, and that would be normal, I think. Mark's just said, hold on, that flag stuff message, absolute rubbish. My son has done it about five times, including yesterday, and most are just picked from the crowd. And I'm sure Mark would, would, would say that, I'm, I'm sure if his son's done it five times, I'm sure he 
enjoys it and that's why I mean that's the sort of thing that, that sh- like we say that should be happening but it's because of the nonsense going on that people are upset about yep. it uh, Bob Lipscomb's emailed us in thanks Bob uh, sorry it took so long to read it out evening guys been thinking why the protest was poorly attended uh, wondered if the fact that there were so many kids that parents took them straight home uh, I love that Frenchman so much it's worrying <laughs> even, even more so now as I had a fiver on him at 8-1 <laughs> to score two or more goals uh, so pleased for him and me that it showed uh, KM how wrong she and RD were uh, going forward uh, to Mick Brazil uh, thanks Mick when we take our children to football we are not just looking for exciting games and a winning team we want characters our children can identify with and who provide good role models as people my three boys are 23, 21 and 15 and have been supporting Charlton all their lives. Chris Powell, Matt Holland, Mark Kinsella, Johnny Jackson, Michael Morrison and Jan Kermigan are just some of the characters who have fulfilled that role. In the football world where headlines are not always positive, we need these guys more than ever. Honest, honourable people without arrogance and a real feel and respect for supporters. The applause for Jan yesterday began because he was respected by us. Uh, he respected us by not celebrating. It continued because he was one of those special players and a role model for our kids. And that's uh, Mick Brazil. Thanks, Mick. Uh, Dave Clark uh, has emailed us. Uh, thanks, Dave. It's got so bad. One of my season ticket holding mates went to the dentist rather than watch Charlton on Saturday. Uh, I've had a season ticket since Sellers Park days. I doubt very much if I'll bother to renew next season. Bumpy ride. You're having a laugh. That's from Dave Clark. Cheers, Dave. Uh, Derek. Hi, are there any car stickers promoting card? I, I, living in Sittingbourne, it'd be good to expand your feelings further afield. Uh, I think probably, Derek, your, your best um, idea is to get hold of card, either probably by Twitter. Is there an email? I'm not sure. Uh, no, yeah, just uh, Charlton card on Twitter. Charlton card on Twitter is... But if you get them on Twitter, uh, Derek, is probably the best way to find out if any of that's about. Uh, and finally, at the minute, I think this is probably the last one. I'm just uh, checking. Yep, at the moment. Uh, this is from Steve Chapman. Thank you, Steve. Huge appreciation for everything Kai is doing for our club, and in particular the guys who travelled to Belgium yesterday. As I understand it, they were also handing out leaflets in and around where Mr. de Chatelet lives today. Oh, wow. uh, really are the spirit of the Valley Party of nearly 30 years ago, and that's from Steve Chapman. Yeah, I'd heard that as well. They were uh, going around all his neighbours and putting them on a vehicle. <laughs> Pretty much, didn't I? Now, that is incredibly clever, because, I mean... The, the, you talk about with card, it's diff- it's, you need to embarrass Roland, really. How do they know where he lives? Well, I, there's one thing I'd say about Charlton fans generally, and, and I think... Uh, They're if, stalkers? <coughs> well, as well. <laughs> but but um, if you remember back at the Valley Party, there are a lot of people who were uh, fairly uh, incredulous at the fact that we managed uh, as a club to organise, or as a fan base, to organise a political party and mm. fight properly mm. a political campaign. If there's one thing that um, the owners or whoever is looking uh, at, at Charlton fans shouldn't underestimate is the intelligence and aptitude of Charlton fans uh, because it knows no bounds. Mm. Excellent stuff. Right, mm. is, that, is that all the emails? That's it, I've done it. it. Yeah, We've got one I've more tweet. It. Peter Pierce says, I used to like Matt Holland. They should bring him back. Come on, you boffins at Charlton. Bring Matt, Ho- uh, Matt Holland back. To do what? Uh, he's a commentator now. He, he can do the commentary. Yeah, all right, leave it. <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> it's been. Um, he's got all bitter since he left. Him, yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been a wonderful, uh, a wonderful uh, show. Thanks to you guys once again. Uh, actually, we, we've been very lucky with uh, the audio we've been able to get this week. Um, uh, thanks to Jan, of course, to Yaya Sonego, to Jose, to Rick Everett, to the Target Twenty K, and to Dickie Davis for for all coming to uh, to speak to us. It's uh, it's, it's made for a good show, and of you guys have. have tweeted in you've emailed in and you've, you've done your comments on the forum as well it's made the show go even though it's an ex- extended show nearly nearly two hours today it's uh it's, it's gone really quickly so thank you guys for, for for joining in terry thanks for coming in cheers louis thanks everybody for listening as well Sue, thanks for coming in thank you i've been louis mendez uh glad you've uh, hopefully enjoyed the show this evening let's hope that as i said last week that our death can be slow and painless <laughs>
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.